All right, what's going on, everyone out there on the interwebs? This is NES World 22, aka Jeremy, casting live from Chicago, and um, this is going to be our first podcast of the 22 Shots of Moods and Horror podcast, where we talk about everything horror related. Um, we have a full show for you guys tonight. Um, we're just going to be starting with a little bit of an intro of how we got started into horror and how we started um, getting into collecting since most of you guys who are listening to this collect horror as well as we do. And then we're going to jump into another segment where we talk about um, every movies that we talked um, that we watched this week. And we're going to have a pick of the week where it is a movie that we watched that we extremely enjoyed. And we'll discuss about the movies and um, just have a normal conversation. And then we're going to end the show with um, my boy JP, who is going to be doing movie news. And it's everything that's happened pretty much in the month of November, right, JP? Yeah, and maybe even a little bit before November because uh, there was a few heavy topics that came out that I really wanted to talk about. But just we didn't start this uh, podcast right away. So I've been saving them for a while. So I figure this first show we can just go through a ton of them. All right, so I guess we could start off um, with the show about um, how we got into horror. So I guess, Moods, you want to go first? You want me to go first? I can go first. All right. No, fuck that. I want to go first. All, All right, right, go ahead. Go ahead, go ahead Jim. <laughs> okay. Who's going? Moods, well, you said you... you're going for it. Okay, fine, I'll go for it. All right. <laughs> totally unscripted, right? Yes, unfucking scripted. Okay, so how I got into horror. Um, it's a very simple story. My father was actually a really big horror fan. And my dad not being that much older than I am. <laughs> he was very young when he had me. So he was still very much into horror when I was about five years old. And uh, so the year 1985 rolled around. And there was a movie that came out that year by the name of Fright Night. Never and my dad... <laughs> my dad was a really really big fan of the film and so he brought it home one time or one day right after it came out and uh he had to show it to me so we popped that on and basically everything is history that movie scared the living shit out of me but being a five-year-old kid in 1985 <clears throat> you know and being naive um i had no idea that uh you know that it was a horror comedy so fucking no clue <laughs> yeah, that, um, that tends to happen a lot. Yeah, when, yeah. Just, when you're younger, you, you, like <laughs> Leprechaun scared the hell out of me, and then years later, I'm like, I was scared of this. What the fuck? Yeah, I have a similar story with that when I tell about how I started getting into horror. But and then, ironically enough, the same year, 1985, there was another movie that came out by the name of House, which is also was another, movie. which was another horror comedy. But of course, being a five year old naive kid, I had no idea. Those movies is basically what started me off in the horror direction. Uh, they stuck in my mind. I love the concept of the vampires. I love how it was just quirky and weird and always stuck with me. And ever since then, I've just loved the genre. Uh, me and my dad, that's some of my earliest memories of, you know, my father is uh, watching horror movies. So, you know, it's not only nostalgic, it's just, it is what it is, man. That's how I got into it. And it's, I've been watching horror for, Basically, twenty-eight years now, yeah. nonstop. Yeah, yeah I right. guess I'll, I'll go next. Yeah, sure. That's cool. Sure. Um, m- much like any 
any kid who grew up in the early 90s or the, you know, 80s during the big VHS video store boom, um, I rented a lot of horror films. And I've always been a horror fan from when, from, from the start of my existence, pretty much. Um, when I was a kid, you know, I, I don't know how old you are when you start watching TV, but when I started watching TV, I started watching horror. So it's pretty much always been a part of my life. Um, now, when the video store came around and I and I got to that, that's where it really went hardcore. I would rent shit all the time. One of my favorite memories is renting Texas Chainsaw Massacre, and I, I would probably say I was pretty much hooked from then on. I think that's I why I think that's why video stores are so big today because. Well, horror VHSs are so big today because we have all these people from, you know, who grew up with these things that are, yeah, you know, start, starting to find them again and remembering memories like you had getting Texas Chainsaw, but with some of these, you know, more low budget obscure horror films. It's the thrill of the hunt, though, too, right? Yeah, like if you grew up in that era, hunt. if you grew up in that era, and you know, it disappeared for so many years, and now it's coming back. You know, more prevalent in indie films and stuff. The VHSs. But oh yeah. yeah, it's it's just it's huge, man. I love it. It's very nostalgic. I agree. Yeah, that feeling of just walking into the video store and immediately running over to the horror section and just looking at the box art and and I would stay in there as long as my mother would let me, and I just would just stare and and look and just be in amazement of all the horror films and try to get as many as I could, um, and then I would rent them. And my favorite experience was probably renting. Um, Texas Chainsaw Massacre and Phantasm in the same night and just being super scared of them, but also, you know, could not stop watching them. And pretty much the VCR was my babysitter growing up. So I spent a lot of time watching stuff like, um, you know, the Friday the 13th films and Land Before Time, like back to back. So <laughs> that was, uh, that was my childhood. And, uh, I've pretty much never looked back except for a brief period of time in middle school um, and early high school where I kind of gravitated really far away from horror and it was kind of weird. But um, yeah, that's pretty much how I got into it, much like most people with the video stores and stuff. Yeah, all right. So I guess I can tell my story. I remember, you know, when I was three years old, my grandma turning on child's play at her house and, you know, that was that's why I really think that movie is you know really stuck with me because I think that's really the first real horror film I saw and when I was little and just the the beginning of the movie in the toy store always really just stuck in my head and since then me and my you know my grandma used to always go to the theater to see all these horror movies for when like when I was growing up and um, I think that's why I really started getting into horror because you know. It was a very sociable thing for me to go out with my grandma every time a new horror movie came out. You know, it's fun going to the movies with a 75-year-old lady going to see all these, you know, gory That's horror really movies. That's really awesome, dude. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's one of the coolest stories I've yeah, heard about awesome and, you, and, and even today, you know, whenever one comes out, she came over and watched, you know, Curse of Chucky with me because – you know, that was, like, always, like, our franchise to watch. Wow, that's, like, came full circle, huh? <laughs> oh, yeah, that's for sure. So, ever since, you know, Child's Play, I've always been hooked in the horror genre, and even movies. I've been a movie buff for my entire life, you know. Growing up, I always wanted to be a movie critic, but that's not something reliable to get a reliable <laughs> income. 
So yeah. you, know, you kind of just have to throw that away. Name five movie critics that are famous <laughs> right now. There you, there you go. Peter Travers and now Roger Ebert is gone. You know, nobody really yeah. else. Cisco and Ebert is usually on the top of everybody's list. Number oh, yeah. three is like who? Oh, yeah. So one thing I noticed with all these stories is that, uh, I mean, we it's probably safe to say that, you know, the movies that introduced us into the horror genre are probably either our favorite movies of all time or definitely making a top five or top ten list. Can we all agree on that? For Absolutely. sure, for sure. Definitely. Absolutely. And, you know, a lot of people would say it has a lot to do with nostalgia, but, you know, you know, kind of taking away from the whole nostalgia thing a little bit here, it's the simple fact that um, the movies that we were introduced are actually really good films. Yeah. yeah. So that, that definitely helped. I mean, JP with TCM and, you know, Child's Play and Fright Night, which, you know, I mean... It is what it is, right? Oh yeah, that's for sure. So, um, I really didn't really, you know, I was, you know, I always watched horror films, but you know, on the side, I watched everything else. And then, I guess we could talk about how I got reintroduced to the horror genre when we talk about um, how we, when we started, you know, collecting movies. So, if you guys want to hop into how we started um, collecting, that would be pretty cool. Maybe would yeah. you want to go? You want to go first again? Collecting movies, yes. Um, started at a very, very young age. I was probably, oh, I don't even think I was even 10. So in the late 80s, I'd say 88, 89. Um, just like much like everybody back in the day, you know, when you walked into that movie store and you saw those big boxes and all the cover arts and stuff, I was obsessed with those. And I just wanted to have more of them at my house yeah. <laughs> or no, yeah. maybe, maybe even all of them. So that's really how I, I got into it though. It was, it was cover arts and stuff. I mean, so you collected VHS like before DVD then, right? Yeah, I did. I did. And I collected a lot of them because I mean, there was movies that I bought back in the day. I mean, I wasn't buying so much when I was eight, nine years old. My parents would, you know, fork out the cash. But later on when I got into my teens and stuff is, uh, I bought a lot of films based on, you know, cover arts and stuff. You know, and they usually never relied to what was actually in the movie. Exactly, because back in, like in, <laughs> yeah. like in those early days. But didn't you, you like that more? Now you oh, have like so... this scream cover art where it's fucking six faces, and that's all you get. You know, yeah. six of the faces that that happened really big in the nineties. So I love Laserdisc, man. Actors' cover faces art. on there. Yeah, you know, it was it. Everything back in those days was basically a blind buy. I mean, the internet was it's it it was in such a you know infant times you know it was you couldn't just like type in something and have it come up back in in those days right yeah for reviews, sure reviews album or you know pictures you know just anything about these films that you're looking for so everything was a blind buy which was so exciting you buy that film you take it home you're like oh it was shit but the cover art's awesome so i'm going to display it over here <laughs> you know and that that was the whole thing about collecting and you know that went on for years with the vhs and uh i think believe dvd came out in 97 i think you know, um, on the markets it hit in 97 and I never got my first DVD player until 99. Uh, so I was still collecting VHS. I bought a DVD player. Um, and I was still collecting VHS actually until the early two thousands really. Uh, and then collecting, you know, DVDs and stuff. And it just really took off, man. <laughs> like, I don't, I don't really know what to say. It's just, I was just, Do you still have their, your tapes or what happened to them? I actually don't because I moved around a few times and uh, I really, really gr- regret getting rid of 
my VHS, but they were so bulky to move around. And I'm oh, one yeah. of those people that has to have my shit with me. If I'm moving somewhere, I'm not putting it in fucking storage. No. I have to take it with me. So I was moving around and it was becoming a hassle and getting damaged. I was like, you know what? Fuck it. I got to get rid of these things while they're still in decent shape. You now, know, did you give them away or sell them? I actually sold them for a good price. I sold the majority of my collection to somebody I knew because he was a collector too. And I knew that they were going to a good home. I wasn't just going to fucking give them away or just do whatever with them. They were my Sounds babies, like right? you're talking about a puppy. Yeah, I know. And, but that's exactly <laughs> how I, home. <laughs> but that's, but that's how I felt about it. Right. Yeah. And, yeah. For sure. You know, so, so I, I kind of got over that, got past the VHS and really moved into DVDs. I mean, I mean, I have a big collection of non-horror stuff too, but you know, horror was always the main focus. And, you know, ever since I'd say probably the early 2000s, about 2002, three is really when it kind of took off with the DVDs. Because, like I said, I had to get rid of the VHS. I had to start a new format. They were a lot easier to, you know, carry around. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. So everything else is history because I've been in my house for the last seven years and I have areas of my house dedicated just to movies and shit. So. Yeah, imagine cool. having to move all your movies and fucking CDs. That would be such a pain in the ass. Well, it, it, that it, it really would be. I have a studio in my house. It's all dedicated to music and stuff. And then I got a film room too. But I couldn't even. I don't even want to ever think about having to pack this shit up, man. Yeah, that's a scary <laughs> thought, man. That really it really, is. it really is because I'm so anal about everything being in order. Yeah. alphabetical order yeah. you know the way i have it set up is the way it needs to be in my mind and moving it is just oh it's, yeah. it's very it's a scary thought so um yeah so collecting is always it's been a big part of my life and it always will be i, I love doing it i think the thrill of the hunt is still there for me it's not like it used to be i miss going into movie stores where i live i don't have any movie stores like Jer Jeremy, you have family videos all over the place. We don't have anything here anymore. I live in Canada, so I have to wait a lot longer for my shit for shipping. Uh, as you guys know, um, I do all my shopping online, and I watch a lot of I watch a lot of video. I watch I read a lot of reviews and stuff, and I just do hunting all the time. But I find it it's kind of became, it, you know, it is what it is. I hate saying that, but you know, I have to do it this way. I have no choice. Yeah, it sucks. And, yeah, I love going out and hunting you know it gets me out of the house and yeah. you know going into somewhere not knowing what's going to be inside and then going in and finding something that you've been looking for for forever like me walking in and finding that evil ed dvd you know i've been looking for that movie forever and just walking into a place and them having it is you know i don't i, re I really miss you know going into a section and just kind of flipping through uh -huh. oh kind of lost audio there um i miss flipping through the movies and stuff you know i, I miss that sound i miss that uh i don't know clack yeah yeah so. totally yeah um me i i haven't really collected a long time i i never really collected vhs i mean i had some vhs as a kid and i actually had a good bit of like disney stuff when i was a kid and you know there was some horror stuff there too like the friday 13th so elm streets and i actually got robbed my house got broken into when i was a kid and all my shit was gone and i pretty much never rebuilt after that um you know i, I they wasn't i wasn't buying them personally but you know my family had them and stuff um and then I don't know, probably around 2003 is when I really remember buying my first couple DVDs, I think. Um, I remember grabbing Freddy vs. Jason, Cabin Fever, um, Texas Chainsaw Remake, stuff like that. And then I really didn't collect until probably 
three to four years ago, I started um, slowly, um, maybe five years ago, somewhere around there. Um, and I just kind of been slowly building building my collection ever since. But uh, it's been picking up a lot lately. I've been grabbing mad stuff uh, over the past year uh, since I started doing YouTube videos and stuff like that over the past year and a half. Yeah. So that's basically my collecting story. Um, I don't like to really stream or rent anymore because nah, I don't do that, that feeling of the thrill of the hunt is gone for me. Yeah. I can't go to a red box and be like, oh, my God, what's in here? Yeah. You know, <laughs> it's just like I know what's in there. I know about the films already. I'm not going to find anything weird. The weirdest thing I'm going to find in there is like killer eye Halloween hunt or something. Um, oh, full moon goodness! Right there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, full Red moon, Box, full, Red full Box moon has done good. a good job of getting their stuff into those, though, because I'm sure that couldn't have been easy. You know how many indie companies are out there like uh, they couldn't get into there. Um, yeah. So, on a side indie flicks. On a side note, speaking of full moon, I was kind of interested in the full moon streaming. To be yeah. honest. Well, did you see that sale that I posted that you get, like... Yeah, I actually... You know what, dude? I posted that, like, ten minutes before you did, and... I wasn't even paying fucking attention. Sorry. <laughs> you totally stole my thunder, because nobody even noticed mine. Astral. Well, I was, at, I was at work, and I was kind of looking at it going, you know, it's actually not a bad deal. I mean, you pay seven bucks a month. You have all the movies at your disposal. I mean, I, ha I own a lot of Full Moon films as it is, but it'd be just kind of nice to, you know, just... Be somewhere and oh, I want to watch fucking well, that deal that they uh, was, was kind of cool. I mean, what was it, three free Blu rays or something? Yeah, um, yeah, with a three month subscription of Full Moon. Yeah, um, so you're basically just buying three Blu rays and then they're giving you the streaming for free. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't think they had that serial man movie on there or Lucky Charms or anything that or Lucky Charms. That kind of interests me. I love the idea of like leprechaun movies. Um, I love the original Leprechaun series, and I just I, I want to see like more Leprechauns. I think that they have the Unlucky Charms film on the on the full moon streaming, don't they? I Not for the full moon, moon, but I think it debuted on there, right? Yeah, I'm pretty sure because I, I know swear that it was that's on the what website. they're starting to do though, which is a good marketing idea. It's like, hey, you want to see these films before they're available anywhere else? Buy our yeah. full moon streaming. Yeah, yeah. I suppose it looks like. Uh, you know, Charles Band's adding films to it quite regularly too. I was kind of, kind of scrolling through it, and it was like new, new, new. And I was like, yeah, oh, but how how long is that cool. going to last? I mean, Dude, they have honestly quite a huge catalog, and it's not like they have to press up DVDs. They can literally just you know, yeah, like add it. And they have Plus, a huge old catalog that shit that they would not, probably not release because, um, you know, it wouldn't sell or whatever. They can throw it on full moon streaming. That's the thing. There's there's hundreds of titles, and plus, you know, there's also new titles coming out too, right? Yeah. I mean, is the uh, is the the evil bong versus ginger dead man film on there? Did they? Uh, is that out on? yet? I have not been paying attention to Full Moon lately, man. After October, I was so so like dead from horror <laughs> that I really didn't. Oh like, yeah, this on there. Pay dude. attention to anything. It's on there. The evil bong ginger dead yeah, man, man. Yeah. Okay. I thought I saw it on there. Yeah. Okay. See, I, I'm. I might even get a subscription just for just so I can watch that <laughs> before yeah. the DVD comes out. Because <laughs> I I'm a big fan of both series. So, I mean, I know some people not, are not the biggest fan of the Evil Bong films, but I think they're I think they're a blast. So for sure. So did uh, you want to go and say how you got into uh, collecting? Right, so I started collecting video games right off the bat. You know, you can tell by my name. I started. Time out. 
I, I did that too first, and that kind of leaded into the DVD thing. For yeah, yeah. I I collected NES a lot, and um, I was pretty much into that community for um, you know started doing that in November of 2008. So I was quite a youngin in the community collecting you know these old games and all this stuff. And I really met a lot of great people over there in that community as well, but that I still talk to quite a bit today. But um, so I started you know posting. YouTube videos of, you know, unboxing of, of new sealed games and stuff and things like that. And then as I, you know, started collecting more and more, you know, the shit just got too expensive compared to, you know, movies today, which are, you know, they're cheap if you look, you know. You could easily drop, you know, two bills on a game where, you, you know, I could easily get 100 movies for that same price today. So I kind of got further away after seeing... um you know, all these people on YouTube, you know, their huge collections of movies, especially horror, you know. I wasn't really into the independent horror scene until I started, you know, um, doing YouTube and watching YouTube videos and stuff like that. I was just mainly into the mainstream stuff, you know. I didn't know there was this whole other universe of um, horror films I out totally there. didn't either, man. That's actually probably what got me in the full swing of things back in horror because there was a brief time where I was like, I, I, I followed horror, but I had no idea that there was this community out there and there was all these people that were so passionate about it because as far as I knew, nobody around me was ever a huge horror fan. I was yeah. it. People yeah. talked like knew me as the guy who liked all the horror stuff. I don't have any friends outside of uh, YouTube and stuff like that that That's actually another thing. are horror fans. That's another thing that we all have in common, too. It seems like we're kind of the ones that stick out in our crew of friends. Oh, yeah. In regards to loving horror, because I, I was the same way. Like, I have a big group of friends, and not one of them is big into horror. Well, you have you that know? one friend, don't you? I do. Like, my buddy Dylan, um, he's definitely – I he's I've known Dylan for about five or six years now. But the people that I grew up with uh-huh. and that I'm still friends with – I've been friends with some of my friends for over 20 years – not one of them was into horror. So I couldn't just be like, hey, man, you want to come over and, you know, fucking watch the new, uh, you know, Children of the Corn movie. I have no idea why I used that as an example. <laughs> but, but, Dude, uh, I wouldn't even want to come over and watch the new Children of the Corn movie. <laughs> but, you know, like anything, right? Like, you know, it just wouldn't happen, you know, because everybody always strayed away from it. They were comedy fans. They were, you know, action fans and stuff. And, I mean, nothing against comedy and, and action, but... Uh-huh. I spent most of my time watching horror films, and so I spent a lot of time watching horror films by myself. <laughs> yeah. So, whatever. So, um, you know, I didn't know about this whole other, you know, horror, all horror. these whole independent horror films out there, you know, that I've been missing out on. And, um, I, you know, I got a Blu-ray player, and I started buying, you know, I bought Midnight Movie like we were talking last night, that was my first Blu-ray I bought was Midnight Movie, which you know, a very psycho. It, it's it's a very interesting interesting movie to start out collecting. But um, you know, I got really crazy. You know, I didn't really get serious of only collecting horror until like a month ago. You know, I I usually bought you know whatever sounded interesting to me, I would buy it. But I just finally just said fuck that, and I'm just gonna you know focus mainly on um, horror films. So you know, I started buying you know stuff online. You know. And then I started going out and hunting to, you know, thrift stores and all these places. And that's when I got introduced into Laserdisc. And um, that was my main passion for 
quite a while, um, you know, I was just stocking up on boxes of people's lasers that they were getting rid of. I just remember walking to the flea market and, you know, guys selling boxes of laser discs for five bucks. And I just, just buy boxes and boxes of these fucking crappy things that I have no idea what's inside. <laughs> For but you yeah. guys that don't know, he has a huge laser disc yeah, collection. Yeah, I have a huge laser disc. Like, when he disc. says boxes, he means... I, I have, like, like four boxes. boxes. I have, like, four huge boxes with, like, you know, 200 movies apiece in them. So I got into laser discs for a long time, and at the same time, you know, I was always out. I always was looking for a Betamax player. And, you know, it took me two years to find one, and I finally found one last summer. And the next door I went to, I found another one. So I found fucking two of them in the same night, which fucking made me so mad. But um, then one day, about 2010 or so, I got introduced to, you know, I was driving along, and I saw the store family video of uh, many of you guys follow me on my YouTube, you know. You know, that's my favorite store. And I walk in, and, you know, it's your typical old school, you know, video rental store, but there's still, you know, a huge chain, you know. I, I think there's like 800 stores across the country here in the States, I think. And, um, you know, they're always looking to unload their movies for dirt, dirt cheap. Um, when I started going, they were usually, you know, two movies for four bucks. You know, you go in there, you buy and you keep them. And I just started, you know, hoarding every, you know, every good catalog <laughs> title that they would have. So I would go to, you know, I've pretty much been to every store in the, you know, a 60 mile radius. And I've pretty much cleaned out all their catalog titles. And now I still go there. You know, every few weeks to pick up the newer titles that they put on sale, and they're Do now. Do they like know you in the store? They're like, no, because I go, I go, like that I, guy that comes in and buys everything. <laughs> I go to so many now that you know. Well, I've been to so many that I don't really, you know, um, take home to one store. You know, I just go to, you know, I drive past them, I stop and go. Oh, I have to go in. You know, I was in Indianapolis, you know, seeing yes. Over the summer, and I was like, oh, got to hit up Family Video because they had like four Family Videos in Indianapolis. So I had to find time to fucking stop and go to these Family Videos to see if they had anything worthwhile. So about, you know, I have about 1,200 movies in my collection. Like I said yesterday, about 700 of them have come from this place, and they're just so dirt cheap. You know, I haven't paid more than $2 for pretty much any movie in my collection, and I think that's the fun of the hunt, you know. Moots tells me all these all this money that he spends on movies, you know. It just really sucks because I wish there was places out there by Moots because he would have such a great time. There really isn't a whole fucking, lot by me either. Yeah. Well. Yeah, yeah. It, it totally sucks, man, not having to – not being able to go out and get those good, awesome deals. See, my biggest thing is, is that I got to fucking – pay for shipping and shipping to canada is like well we always joke about it it's just ridiculous yeah. Yeah. i pay i pay more in shipping than you're paying for your movies so yeah it's fucking insane yeah it drives me nuts. it drives me up the wall man that's because you're foreign to us yeah <laughs> get out of here oh, so anyway fuck. um so uh you know i started posting you know videos every once in a while and how long? Know, how long have you had your YouTube channel? Like uh, actually posted. Two thousand nine, I started with video game stuff, and then, like two thousand and ten, I got into movies, and I was just buying crazy amounts of movies off Amazon. So for, you've been around for a while, then. Yeah, I've been around for a long time, you know. But you know, that's the play of the game. You could be a YouTube star like Mood, so you could be like me, but that's all right. I but, started uh, in April of uh, two thousand twelve. Yeah, that's crazy. And you're almost as almost up there with me but um 
Yeah, it's pretty much how I got started, and uh, you know, my laser disc collecting days have you know died down a little bit because it's hard to find stuff that I don't have, and the stuff I do want, you're gonna have to you know end up paying crazy amounts of money because I know I've talked to Moods about this. You know, I sent them some awesome laser disc art, but you know, horror lasers are just so fucking expensive to get, but. Uh, they're really awesome artwork, and um, you know, whenever I go to conventions and stuff, I always bring these things for the people to sign. You know, it's just something different that you don't really see any yeah. day. That's yeah, why it's definitely I'm into cool. it. They are cool as hell to look at. Like, yeah, when you just showed them the other day when we was uh, in a video chat, like they they are neat to look at, and they're, oh, yeah. they're neat to show to people. I, I they're just you know, they're but- kind of a unique little cool history in the you know media world. Oh yeah. Um, I like them a lot. They they really are cool. Oh yeah. You know what? You know what one of the coolest things about the uh, laserdisc format is the surface. Yeah. Of them, you can get so many autographs on those fucking things. Oh yeah. <laughs> I mean, compared to a DVD, I mean, you can fill that shit up with like you know three or four fucking you know people. The laserdisc man, you could get fucking everybody from all the actors to the. To the yep. production you can team, get the fucking to the, extras. To the, <laughs> you put the fucking extras around that thing. That's hilarious. No, but do I totally agree, man? The the way the laser discs look, the art, amazing. And yeah, and like Jeremy said, the the price of horror laser discs are uh, they're up there. Yeah, they're up there. I've, I've had my eye on the Maniac one because I collect editions of Maniac, the original film from 1980, and you know. I keep finding the one for about twenty five bucks, but they want twenty five shipping to Canada. Like, <laughs> Fuck that! I'm not paying fifty bucks. Yeah, I, I remember I got mine a lot with um, Dead Alive and Shocker and Vamp and uh, fucking Maniac. I think I paid like eight dollars for the whole lot because nobody, you know, found it. And you know, it was a badass lot. And then I got William Lustig to sign it, so it's a pretty cool addition. I want to get one for Moods. Yeah. Yeah. So is that your that's your collecting story? Pretty much. Anybody has anything else to say? Nope. No. Do a lot of collecting on or via oh, the <laughs> I did a lot of collecting over the weekend, Black Friday. Don't get into I this. I'm like sick of Black Friday. Money. Sick of Black Friday. <laughs> yeah, for, I am that's, too. That's for another day. I don't give a shit how many people got trampled or anything like that. All oh, right. fuck, I was hearing the stories, too. Jesus. Really? <laughs> See, up, in, up in Canada, I'm, we're even going, ah, oh, fucking crazy bastards with their, their Black Friday. <laughs> people are people are risking their lives to save 50%. There's even, there's even a website called Black Friday Death Counts, and there's been seven deaths and 90 injuries. Are you serious? <laughs> like, what are you, seven? like, what? I'm like, sure that toaster oven is really worth it. Let's see, so- one... Uh, shopper pepper sprayed and arrested in argument over TV at New Jersey Walmart. Thanksgiving Day bargain shoppers send 11-year-old to hospital. Teens returning home from Black Friday shopping fell asleep at the wheel and killed in wreck. Man stabbed during Black Friday event. I don't think that counts if you fall asleep on your way home. I don't know. But, it's uh, a pretty funny website. Yeah, like, that is outrageous. Somebody, somebody got into a fight Black Friday but that was pretty much it. I mean, it was pretty chill on the mean streets of Pennsylvania these this past week. Unless <laughs> you live in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> um, so, yeah. Want to move on? 
Sure. So now we're going to move into a segment we like to call Movies We Watch This Week. This segment's probably going to be the longest segment of the podcast every week, so we're going to be talking about... Except for this week. Except... Horror might go a little bit longer this week. Yeah. And then, so we're going to be talking about um, every film that we watch this week, and I guess we could discuss and talk about our thoughts about it and stuff like that. And then we're going to have a pick of the week. Um, I think Moods wants to do a pick on DVD and a pick on Blu-ray. And these are going to be movies that we watched this week that stood out the most to us. and that we Basically, guys a high about. recommendation. Yeah. Or a high avoid. Or if one or the other. That way. Whatever works for you guys. So, uh, who wants to start? You want me to start? Sure. Go ahead. All right, so I only watched three movies this week because of the holidays. I watched fucking American Berry, which I know Moods fucking loves. Just and, go um, with that one. Yeah, so American Mary, uh, you know, yes, I don't want to awesome do spoilers, story. but Moods says people shit on the ending. Right, Moods? Yes, and I... So this was um, Cirque Sisters, correct? Correct. Yeah. They're actually right from where I am. Yeah, that's so. what you said. Yep. So uh, American Mary is a solid horror... You know, it's a solid flick. I think Moods will agree with me. It's definitely something, you know... Didn't you see Alice Moods in... American Mary kind of have like the same thing in common a little bit. Yeah, they're kind of similar. Yep. Yeah, I think they're, you know, a little bit similar to each other. Um, it kind of had a girl with the dragon tattoo type of feel too, towards the middle of it. If any of you guys have seen any any other series, but uh, you know, I really liked American Mary. I give it a you know a good recommendation for sure. If you guys could find it, then yeah. I watched. Uh, Not Quite Hollywood, which is an awesome documentary on Aus- an Australian exploitation moods. I think you love this one as well. Uh, yeah, that's really one great. that I've really been great. meaning to check out for a long time. Um, it just sounds really, really cool, right up my yep. alley. And I, I know it's one of those things where I know when I watch it, I'm going to be sitting there with a pen and a pad writing down like all the films that I want to yeah. check out after yeah, watching Yeah, and it. they're all out of print and extremely Fuck. fucking expensive, so good <laughs> luck getting any of them. That's exactly what I, what <laughs> I did. That's so I sad. Isn't that like the saddest thing ever? Yep. Oh, uh, it's so disappointing because when I was watching that for the first time, I don't know, a while back, they, they were talking about Turkey Shoot. And I was like, oh, my, yeah, I need to fucking check that movie out. <laughs> so I go online to, you know, purchase it. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. That shit is so out of fucking print and expense. So I'm like, this is ridiculous. And so that really sucks. But yeah. it's a really fun movie. You know, they, you know, they kind of break up the movies into segments, you know, talking about like the nudity and stuff like that. And there's a lot of fucking nudity in this documentary. I was surprised yeah. um, it got an R rating here in the States, considering how much fucking nudity was in that fucking movie. Mm hmm. But uh, I'm very informative, though. Very informative. Very, very informative. I love how they broke it down, you know, with the the horror and the 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 action and exploitation. Like everything was really well done. Really well done. Really good magnet flick. But, you know, magnet puts out, you know, magnet put that out. Yeah. 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 Good old magnet. And then I have my pick of the week. But are we going to talk about this last or should I talk about now? You can just save it for do it now. Do it now. All right. So mood, send me some stream factories. If you guys follow me on YouTube and I've. Pick of the week goes to the burning, of course. You know, Miramax's first film and a kick-ass. Uh, didn't one of the by... Weinstein's actually direct that? Uh, I don't think they directed it, but they funded it. It's the first. I'm pretty sure they thing. either wrote or one of the Weinstein's wrote or directed that movie. Well, you know, it's the first Weinstein-funded movie and the first Miramax movie, so. And it has a very kick-ass score. So, if any of you guys want another fucking awesome horror score. 
listen to um, the burning because um, Rick Wakeman of Yes did the score and it's fucking awesome. But um, you know, people compare the burning to be the best slasher of all times. You know, um, uh, I think JP, you said that that people compare the burning to and Maniac as you know the best slashers of all time. Well, I th- I think what I said was um, Maniac and the Burning are the two that I hear most that are the best horror slashers that don't have a sequel. Yeah. Um, okay. Would you say that it's better than Maniac? Ooh, that's rough. Maniac is a perfect movie almost. Uh, nah, I th- I think Maniac's a better film than The Burning, but The Burning is still a very a very awesome movie and the characters are extremely likable i think moods you'll agree with me that you actually you know like these characters and sucked when they got knocked off because you know you really like them and um jason alex there's a young jason alexander in this movie and he's fucking hilarious that's why that movie's so so effective though yeah that's why that movie's so effective because there's so many slashes out there where they have all the cliched characters and really nobody gives a shit about them. You know, <laughs> yeah. this movie has an, an abundance of characters that you don't want to see die, but you do at the same time because, you know, they're, you're there to watch a slasher, but you feel shitty when they die. Yeah. That's an, that's an effective fucking movie. Yeah, and there's um, not, and you know, and the first kill didn't really come in until like 40 minutes of the film, which is, you know, yeah. Are which you really trying builds. to say that nobody cares about Greaser number one from Friday the 13th part five? <laughs> <laughs> And you guys know where I stand on, you know, the whole argument with, you know, the best slasher of all time. I mean, everybody has their own opinion. I'm not, I mean, to say something is the best is ridiculous, right? It's all yeah, first. Obviously. Pick, right? But, you know, personal. if we had to, if we had to, if, if it came down to these two movies, Maniac, The Burning, um, everybody that watches me, watches my channel and knows me personally knows that Maniac is my favorite slasher film of all time and one of my favorite movies of all time. So I think Maniac is, is a brilliant film from start to finish everything about that movie is awesome so the burning actually i own the scream factory release also i have not cracked it open yet i just recently watched maniac for the first time and i would say that in my opinion it's probably the best standalone slasher that i've seen so i'm really curious to see after i see the burning what i would choose as uh the best out of those two and you know Oh, and just the bur- update, the Bob head. Weinstein did do the screenplay to The Burning. Who gives a living fuck, JP? <laughs> no one cares who wrote The Burning. Okay. Okay, so Harvey Weinstein wrote the wrote the original now, story. Bob of the Burning. Weinstein. No, Harvey Weinstein. Look on IMDb, motherfucker. It says Harvey it? Weinstein. <laughs> it says uh, on Wikipedia it says Bob Weinstein. Harvey Weinstein, the original story. Bob Weinstein yeah. did the screenplay. But anyway, yeah, that's what I said. Oh, whatever. Anyways, but anyway, the fucking burning has a kick-ass lineup of actors. You know, Brian Backer, who really, you know, most of everybody knows from Fast Times at Richmond High, really dropped off from the acting planet. You know, I think he did a cameo in some shitty vampire movie a few years ago, but since then he really hasn't been in shit. And um, you know, he was really good. He was one of the main. I think you would say he was the main character, right, Moods? Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, as very young Jason Alexander, like I said earlier, who is fucking hilarious in the movie. Um, he's he's the type of dude, if you guys have seen the South Park episode, where Carmen goes to fat camp and he sneaks in all the food. Um, that's kind of like Jason Alexander's character who sneaks in, you know, porno and condoms <laughs> and stuff like that. So, uh, the that's a good comparison. Yeah. yeah. So, um, 
Burning is a very good slasher on, you know. Now, that has uh, Tom Savini effects, right? Correct. Are they they awesome? Yeah, Uh, Maniac does too. Maniac had some great effects. Oh, there's this, there's effects, um, there's a scene on a boat with some kills that are, I think that's one of the best effects of the movie. Uh, Moods, do you think the scissors going through the neck was the best effects of the movie? I think the scissors is definitely the best yeah. effect in that. I think the yeah. most exciting kill of the film, it definitely is the raft scene because yeah. there's just so much carnage in like 10 seconds. It's yeah. crazy. Yeah. But, you know. But, uh, yeah, The Burning, if you guys are looking for a good old classic slasher movie, I guess you could see that. Um, I don't think it's as good as Sleepaway Camp or any of those um, other um, 80s slashers, but um, it's still pretty good, I would say. So that's why I picked it for my pick of the week. So yeah, nice. that's everything I watched this week. Next week, I promise I'll be watching more. <laughs> I usually I watch a lot have, more than this. I actually have uh, a lot that I've watched, um, but it's mainly over the last two or so weeks. Um, the first one that I watched, one of the first ones that I watched, is actually a sequel. It's called The Thompsons. Um, are you guys familiar with that? No. Have you seen The Hamiltons? Yes. Yeah, it was one of the eight films to die for, I believe, in the first series. Yeah, mm-hmm. it was a kind of a cool, interesting vampire story where you had this family that was weird, and they just happened to be vampires. That's what I took away from that film. It was it was neat. It was about this odd family who live this odd life and are also vampires. Um, mm-hmm. So the Thompsons is a sequel. Came out in two thousand twelve. And it's kind of, I, I believe it has the same actors, same director and stuff, but it just has nothing um, that the first one had. You know, the original ideas and the just uh, weirdness of everything. It, it's it's more of a just generically cheap uh, vampire film now. And it actually on the cover, it says Twilight meets Tarantino. That's an actual quote. And uh, <laughs> I, I find that to be like one of the worst quotes I've ever heard. It's actually um, one of the worst things I've ever heard. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that, it's not even one of the worst quotes. It's one of the worst uh, combinations of letters and words. Where do you get <laughs> off writing something like that? I know, right? You, you got some fucking nerve. And who <laughs> who gets off on putting it on the cover? Yeah, that's bullshit. Um, but anyway, I mean, overall, it just came off very, very average. Adds nothing new to the vampire genre. Um, has some crappy CGI. Uh, they tried some interesting narr- uh, narration stuff that I think is where the and and flash forwards and like uh you know the film uh done in like not a linear timeline and I think that's where the whole Tarantino comes in but it's it's not really anything special I'd give that film like a five out of ten. Mm-hmm. Um, do you want to uh talk about one moods and then I'll I'll do another one after you. Uh, sure. Uh, one of the films that I've watched this week, um, it's actually one of my favorite uh, shot on video films um, ever, actually. It's the newly released director's cut of Video Violence. Um, I thought it was fucking actually quite interesting because the director's cut is about 10 minutes shorter huh. than the original cut of Video That's Violence. That's always interesting when the director's cut is shorter. Yeah, I heard yeah. like, the, I heard, like the, um, the fucking new Old Boy remake, the director's cut is like... Um, like three hours and fifteen minutes, and it's just like, oh, fucking shoot me! <laughs> I do not want to watch fucking three wow. hours and fifteen minutes of Spike Lee's fucking <laughs> old boy, which made two million dollars in nine hundred theaters, which is just laughable. But 
That's off track. Next. Sorry. Sorry. Uh, but yeah, the, uh, the newly released director's cut of video violence, uh, which came out in the, um, the limited edition video violence box set that you can get at alternativecinema.com. It was limited to like 250, uh, pieces that comes with, um, you know, video violence VHS. Yeah, I did uh, see that set. But, it looks pretty fucking awesome. Yeah. yeah, it's pretty fucking awesome. Actually, the update that I'm just uploading right now, you can check it out. I'm going to do a video, you know, specifically showing it off, but it's got both VHS. It's a very nice set. But, uh, yeah, the, uh, the director's cut, um, it's pretty much exactly like the, the original cut of it. It's just got a few things cut out. Um, just kind of the stuff that drags along, really. It's not much different, but, uh, very enjoyable. Um, you know, if you're not a fan of shot on video, films i i guess i probably wouldn't recommend this one to you um if you're kind of interested definitely check out video violence because uh in my opinion it's probably one of the best if not the best shot on video film ever in my opinion i think it's i think it's really? brilliant. It has, it has a great idea because it, it's you know it's all based in a you know in a fucking video store and stuff which is very cool to watch because you see the old yeah, yeah you know what other movie was like, like that and it sucked major cock fucking late fee <laughs> so fuck that shit everyone knows well, that's the worst movie i've ever seen in my life well I, it's almost as bad as clown is, hunt but i i recently watched late fee um probably two weeks ago it was in my 10 and 10 uh volume one very original series that i came up with um on my <laughs> youtube channel uh you know youtube slash double shot j if you want to check it out um but Late Fee, I, I, I didn't hate it. I just thought that the it's kind of almost like an anthology format, and I thought that the the, the stories were garbage. But the outside um, things like around it, you know, the the when they go and get the the movies and go yeah, back but that's the coolest stuff, That was all that's cool, why the man. Sucked dick. <laughs> the whole mo- the two the two fucking short stories were the fucking worst things. The first ever. one was okay. It's like I don't, it was I don't, actual I don't, narrative. I don't the give second a one shit. was just retarded. I don't give a shit about these two fucking short stories. Get back to the video stores. That's all I want to fucking see. <laughs> fucking hate that movie. <laughs> fucking ass. So, so okay, anyways, over. so video violence. Um, just a quick little you know rundown on the film. It's basically about this guy that runs this this video store, and one day he uh, a videotape is returned to him. And he opens it up and it's the wrong tape. It's like a blank tape. So this guy that's, you know, the guy that works with him, he's very curious about it. No. And he wants to watch it. He wants to watch it. So they eventually put it in the video player. And it turns out that they recognize the guy that's on the video that's being murdered. And they're like, holy shit, this is totally real. And then all of a sudden these videos keep popping up all over the place. And he starts to investigate. He's like, what the fuck is going on? Like they kind of recognize the people up there that are in these videos. And uh, it's basically the town is fucking nuts. They're, they're creating their own movies. They're, they love horror so much that they want to create their own type of horror movies by filming them and, you know, putting them out, like, basically their own little snuff films and shit. Very cool idea. I yeah. like the movie. Yeah. So when the scenes in the video store, uh, how much – is there a lot of scenes in the video store or just a little bit? Uh, there's actually quite a bit. You know, there's, there's and quite a is there scenes. actual titles, like, on the shelves? Like, can you recognize shit or is it, like, bad quality or you just no, like you fake can... films? You can recognize titles and stuff, especially the posters. That's I mean, cool. the, the posters are all over and stuff. It's very cool. That's always yeah. fun to like. It's like a little treasure hunt when you just when when you see like older uh, stuff. Even I know you're a big fan of this set stuff set in grocery stores, and you're looking like, oh, look at that nest quick. Look how old that. that I remember yeah. that. <laughs> Perfect example is Intruder. It's actually one of my favorite slasher films of all time. That movie is all set in a grocery store, and I love the scene where they're walking down the the cereal aisle. 
and seeing all the different types of cereal. I was talking to, I was telling Jeremy the other day that I'm a cereal freak. Like I have like 25 different kinds of cereal in my house at all times. I'm like, I'm like a fucking four year old kid. I'm like a four year old kid when it comes to cereal, man. I love it. But, There's something uh, very 80s about cereal. Oh, yeah, totally. Totally. It's dying off. But I will yeah, say, it is dying you know, off. Video violence has really, really great effects for a shot on video film that's micro, micro budget, man. Like this movie basically costs nothing. Special features, you know, they tell, uh, Gary Cohen tells the whole thing. Um, you know, about budgeting and stuff like that. But this is like micro budget. Yeah. And they did a really, really good job. Like there's a scene where they cut off this girl's arm in this deli. And uh it looks really fucking good, man. That's I what I love that's what I loved about Fetus, man. Fetus had some of the fucking best effects for an independent movie I've ever seen. They're so good. That's why I said you have to get Fetus moods. It's really fucking good. Yeah. Sounds yeah. good. Yeah. So uh did you want me to throw out another one? Yeah, I'm done with video violence. Okay, I um, so I watched, uh, if you if anybody follows the Body Bags YouTube channel, um, I recently did Species 1 and 2 I reviewed. And uh, Species 2 is kind of the one I wanted to talk about briefly. Um, Species 1, um, pretty solid story, you know, um, basically just a 90s alien movie um, with kind of social commentary on you know, or they, or we kind of the bad ones and the aliens are the good ones. A little bit of that there had a little bit of substance to it. It was, you know, overall just kind of a cool horror film. But Species 2, I was like extremely shocked by the amount of like gore and violence in that movie. It was like, it felt like an exploitation film. Um, it was like the true definition of a sequel, uh, just amping up the gore and nudity and sexuality and just grossness. And uh, it's funny to do that with the species films because the first species, you know, kind of felt like a, you know, mainstream horror film from the nineties, which is weird. <laughs> Yeah. Have you guys seen Species Two? I haven't seen any of them, to be honest. Yeah, I've seen the I've seen the whole franchise, but I haven't watched them in so long. I need to revisit them, man. Yeah, I'm kind of working my way through the four right now. I'm not expecting too great, much great things with uh, you know part three and four, but uh, Species Two was a lot of fun. I I was pretty impressed at the amount of like gore and and just that like violence and w- there's like an alien sex scene that. It's just weird. You got to see it. It's it's something that you just need to see. Maybe I'll see um, if they have them on swap. It's weird. Swap uh, but I, I would give uh, the first species a seven um, and a half out of ten, and species two I'd also give a seven and a half out of ten. They're both pretty solid nineties um, horror films. Uh, you know, sci-fi got a lot of alien stuff in there. Uh, um, it's you know it's kind of been done before and done to death, but. Uh, they have their own little uh, unique things about them. Yeah, for sure. <clears throat> so, uh, go ahead, let's kick off another one. Okay, so I recently watched a movie called Tony. It's a British movie um, that came out, I don't know if I can find it, 2010. Ah, uh, yeah, I remember you talking about this movie. Yeah, Tony. So, <laughs> it's basically about this guy. He's an unemployed weirdo, basically. He's a loner. Um, and he's like obsessed with, uh, you know, action films and stuff. And like I said, he's unemployed. So he has like nothing but time on his hands. He, you know, just walks the streets, meets people and just does random weird fucking things. And, uh, so it's basically about this guy's everyday life. And he has like a dark side to him. He, 
he just kind of kills people. <laughs> it's literally <laughs> like that. It's so kind of subtle, though, too. There's a scene in the movie, um, you know, right after he kind of does his first kill. And they don't show this one, but they show him waking up in bed. And there's a body just kind of sitting up that's totally rotten next to him in the bed. And he just gets up and he's like, oh, I'm hungry. I need some breakfast. <laughs> and it's, it's kind of got that type of feel to it. It's a really short movie. It runs about 73 minutes. It's kind of reached the point. Um, and, uh, you know, it's slow, but it's kind of entertaining. And uh, he likes to dismember his bodies and get rid of them. And it's just really about this. It's just about him and, you know, what it comes down to. And I don't know. At the end of the movie, um, it's very dark. I'll just say that. You know, it's very dark and it's uh, it's a quick watch. I, I would right. recommend it. It was very – it was interesting. It was interesting just because the guy was – the guy that played Tony did a good job with the acting. He was very believable as a loner and a weirdo. And, uh, yeah, I just – I thought it was really fun, really fun, you know. Mm-hmm. That sounds fun. I have to check that out. Yeah, I, I love horror films that have uh, dark endings or, or ambiguous endings. Um, I just like anything that isn't typical style endings. So, mm-hmm. And, you know, I, the apartment that he lives in is so abysmal. Like, it's just, you feel sorry for him because he's just, you know, he's living off, like, you know, assistance and kind of things. Like, So he can't really afford anything. So his apartment consists of like, you know, a little, little love seat and a couch and just a shitty table and like this little like 13 inch TV that he plays his, his action, uh, VHS <laughs> tapes on and stuff. It's just, it's just, it really adds to the feel of like how poor and like how just kind of secluded from society this guy is. It almost feels very claustrophobic because you spend a lot of time in the, in the apartment with this character. And, um, but you can tell that like he's not only like he's fucked in the head, but there's a moment where his neighbor comes downstairs, a female to borrow, um, or she needs a bandage. She cut her finger and, you know, you can kind of tell that he's thinking about killing her, but he totally doesn't. And like, you kind of get kind of feel for him a little bit. I don't know, man. They did a really good job with it. So, I think it's, so, it definitely sounds like something. Yeah. Yeah. What would you uh, rate that? Um, I would probably give it, you know, a good probably seven seven and a half out of ten. I mean, it's short. You know, it's not over. Which isn't a crazy. I, I hate. That's one thing that kind of bothers me is when when filmmakers think that they have to make a ninety minute film or something. Yeah. If you if you need if it only takes seventy minutes to take to tell your story, then tell it in seventy minutes. Don't pad and don't you know. Uh, it, it, I just—it always bothers me when when you can just tell that that a film would have worked so much better if it was you know seventy five minutes instead of uh, you know ninety minutes. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. All right, who's not? Well, I already gave all mine. So. <laughs> um, yeah. So uh, I also watched Grindhouse, um, the the Blu-ray where it has you know both uh, ter- Planet Terror and Death Proof. Um, back to back, I did the full watch. Um, I've had this set for months, and every time I went to watch, you know, because you got to set a big chunk of time to do the whole thing. Every time I went to do it, something came up, and I would get like, I don't know, 30 minutes into Planet Terror, and then I would leave. So yeah. I watched the first 30 minutes of Planet Terror like 10 times. 
Um, <laughs> I saw that in theaters. <sighs> did you see? This is a fucking film that I missed out on completely. Like, it, this was at that weird time, um, 2007-ish, where I really wasn't paying that whole lot of attention to horror. It was like high school. It was out like, um, I think I was in high school. Can't really remember. Yeah, I was in high school. But I, I was, uh, you know, just out and about doing crazy stuff. And it, I just wasn't paying attention to anything. And I am so bummed that I didn't go see this. This is, this is just like one of those cool experiences that like, um, it's like a highlight of uh, the decade, really. Like, it's something cool that happened in the 2010 decade or, you know, 2000s. And uh, I really like the idea behind it. It sucks that it didn't do uh, really good because I would have loved to see them come back and do, like, Machete and Hobo with a Shotgun together and stuff like that. You know, it really would have been a cool um, thing to keep nah, going. I don't think Hobo would be a good, you know... I think it would be cut to shit, and it wouldn't have the same effect that. Well, it does. I, I never, I never seen Hobo. What the or fuck Machete. are you doing? <laughs> How have you not seen Hobo with the shotgun? I don't know. It's only I like the most haven't. talked about movie of the year that it came out. Which year was yeah. that? Uh, when did it come out? It was 2011. Uh, 20. Yeah, I think 2011. Yeah. No, 20. Yeah. Yeah. Um, maybe twenty. Yeah, I mean, Planet Terror is just a. I remember I didn't get it when it came out. I remember I do remember seeing it, and I, I seen the chick with the uh, gun on her leg, and I was like, "That's fucking stupid." Yeah. I, I really didn't understand that it was being, um, this grindhouse, you know, over the top silliness. I, I just thought that it was like a movie, and uh-huh. um, that kind of bothered me. When I, that's that's probably one of the reasons it kind of slipped under my radar because I wasn't really. I didn't really know a lot about the, you know, more lesser known stuff back then. Um, I knew more about the mainstream Friday the 13th and, and Hellraisers, Halloweens and stuff like that. Um, and yeah, I, I, I really enjoyed this one though. Um, I, I, it's the first time I watched it from front to end or in general. I did see a bit of Planet Terror before that. Um, Death Proof was, um, felt really, like one of those exploitation style grindhouse movies. Um, I think Tarantino really understood what he, uh, you know, what they were and, and tried to just mimic it directly instead of, um, you know, that's basically what death proof was, you know, he yeah. grew up on that stuff and he mimicked, he did a really good job. I, one of my favorite things about death proof is the fact that he used the real, you know, the stunt actresses and that, and they were really doing those stunts. And because, yeah, you, you know, she was amazing. That's what they did in the seventies. They used to have real stunt, you know, drivers and do real stunts like that. And, and so he wanted to mimic that to the fullest. And I think he did a great job with the movie. Yeah. And that's what he did. He, he, he essentially just mimicked and copied, um, you know, not in a, not in a negative way. I don't mean it in a negative way, but, uh, you know, yeah. that's hard to do. It's hard to, to create something that no longer happens and exists, you know, um, and make it feel like it's it belongs. Um, and, yeah, I, I actually really enjoyed Death Proof. Um, I liked Planet Terror a lot. I probably liked it a little bit more just because it was more fun. But uh, Death Proof, I think, is probably better. Um, I prefer Death Proof for the simple fact that, like, Tarantino's dialogue that he wrote in the movie is, is awesome, man. Yeah. I know. I love the dialogue. Yeah. It's, it's great, man, and I'm a big I'm a big fan of movies with lots of dialogue. So that one really does work for me. Yeah, I am too. I like dialogue heavy movies. Yeah, but uh, yeah, I, I've seen uh, the Grindhouse um, in 
in theaters. It was very cool, actually. Yeah, it was cool. So, they like broke it up in like an intermission. It was cool. Yeah, the intermission had all the you know the trailers and stuff. It was very cool, very cool. Um, but you know, of, why is Thanksgiving or Thanksgiving or whatever not made yet? I don't know because Eli Roth doesn't direct movies. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. He's doing Green Inferno. Yeah, it's well. like done. But personally, I like the, uh, like, I love the Grindhouse uh, cuts of the films, you know, the theatrical cuts, but, like, the extended cuts are, like, you know, 20, 25 minutes longer a piece. Now, yeah, you, on, you on said those. that I don't have the extended cuts, but I was pretty sure when I hit play, it was, like, it was, like, the extended cut or something. I think that the, that DVD, ver- or that Blu-ray uh, version with both the movies on it, I think is theatrical, so I'm pretty sure it's, those are theatrical cuts. I'm going to have to double check because from what I remember, there was two versions. I could be wrong though. Yeah. I don't yeah. know. I don't know. Anyways, I've got, yeah. The extended cuts are, I don't know. I just, I love them though. They're great. So they're as films. a whole, you know, I highly recommend anybody sees Grindhouse, especially if you like that kind of stuff. Um, and as a whole, um, because I think that's the best way to judge that film as an experience, as one thing and not really break them down into the, you know, uh, two separate films. I, I would give that a, a straight up probably a nine out of ten. I think mm. it's a complete blast and awesome time. Mm. I yeah. guess. Uh, yeah, I guess that. Well, I don't know about that high, but yeah, I don't know. So am I up next here? Yes, sir. Yeah. Okay, so I picked up one of the latest Code Red releases. Uh, it's a double feature featuring. Uh, Invasion of the Blood Farmers and Silent Night Bloody Night. I'm not going to talk about Silent Night Bloody Night because I haven't watched the Code Red um, uh, version of it yet. Wait, 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 wait. Did you say Silent Night Bloody Night? Yeah. yeah. That's what you watched? No, no. It's a double feature. I watched Invasion oh. of the Blood Farmers. Is that okay. movie in the public domain? Wait, so Silent uh, Night Bloody Night is, you said Code Red released it? They just released it on a double feature. They yeah. just it, released it. Like when? Uh, within the last month. That's pretty weird, considering some of my news has to do with Silent Night, Bloody Night. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. Anyway, so double feature by Code Red, and like I said, I watched Invasion of the Blood Farmers, and it's basically about this like really hillbilly fucking backwards town, and what they're doing is they're draining the blood of people from this from the town, and you know people coming through and stuff to keep their their catatonic queen alive that she's laying in like this glass coffin <laughs> she makes it so awesome dude it, it's like okay so that's basically the story of the movie that's exactly what they're doing they're just draining people's blood and fucking trying to keep her alive and shit it's ridiculous but the acting in this movie is so funny man at times you think that you're watching a play like literally a play it's fucking so over the top and funny and there's this ridiculous priest in here. He's just like, <laughs> everything he says is like, he's kind of flamboyant and he's like kind of hyper too. Oh, fuck, dude. It's so funny. But uh, I don't know. Overall, it's um, it's a really, really goofy film. Fun. It's from the early 70s, I believe. 19, yeah, 1972. The same year, actually, Silent Night, Bloody Night. Um, yeah, the transfer, the Code Red transfer is, um, is it's very scratchy. It's a DVD. It's very scratchy. It's, you know, it's, it's, uh, transferred from the original 35 millimeter print. So it's very scratchy, but it looks clear though, if that makes any sense. Uh, it's done in widescreen. So it's, it's pretty good. Um, but, uh, I don't know. I would recommend it. If you like these old kind of throwback fucking low budget films, 
it, it was pretty fun. It's not by all means not a great movie. The acting is ridiculous. It's so ridiculous. So but, what you're saying is you would recommend it for a cheap price. Totally, totally. Like these Code Red DVDs are way overpriced. I wouldn't recommend paying what I did, but sold out <laughs> anyway, so you can't even get it. Is it sold out? Yes, yeah. sir. But moves <clears throat> fucking. Um, Voices from Beyond isn't sold out, but Just Before Dawn is sold out. Oh, it just sold out today then, because it was still in stock yesterday. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, so Invasion of Blood Farmers, um, you know, like I said, you have to be kind of into these films to watch it, but... I'm curious, what would you rate a film like that? Uh, honestly, probably, like, maybe, like, a five and a half out of ten. Like, it's, it's is not... It's above the, average? It, it, it's about average. Maybe about a five out of ten. I wouldn't... So much to say. I wouldn't so much, you know, kind of throw it under five because now, now is this I like a five across it. the eyes situation? Am I going to buy this and like hate you? <laughs> <laughs> because I'm, I got to be honest, like it sounds never, super fun. It just never, like the title, I like it. Yeah, I never recommended five across. I said if you like, <laughs> I said this one right here, you have to see for yourself because it's so hard to tell people about that movie because. Yeah, I can see it's so tedious to watch. The camera work is vicious. It's hard on your eyes. And uh, and it's like that for fucking 90 minutes, man. You know, it never backs off. It's it's very tedious. But, yeah, I know. Tad hates – he still to this day hates me over that. I know. But. Tad every hates ta- everybody. Every, every time he recommends something, he's like, um, <laughs> five across the eyes. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I still have not seen five across the eyes. <laughs> Um, so yeah, I guess I'll go, uh, next again. Um, next up, I actually watched a film that I remember seeing on the sci-fi channel. I remember flipping through the channels back in the nineties. Sharknado! Like I no, not Sharknado. This, this was old, good sci-fi channel where they actually played like some decent shit. Um, and, but I wouldn't, I don't know if I'd necessarily call this film like decent stuff. Uh, it's called Evolver, <laughs> and this film, I, I never really heard anybody else talk about this one. Um, I grabbed it super cheap, like three bucks new, and this it's it's overflowing with 90s ooze, dude. It has so much 90s-ness to it. It's fucking back when virtual reality was supposed to be like the next big thing, and everybody was like, man, I can't wait till virtual reality happens. And then, like, you know, next year they'd be like, oh, man, you see that virtual boy thing? That thing's going to be awesome. <laughs> you know? And uh, this kid basically is playing um, at this arcade. You know, an arcade. Fucking an arcade, man. That's pretty cool. Um, and uh, which is, like, 90s in itself. Um, and this, this it's he's playing this game where the high score guy, whoever gets the highest score in the world, um, is basically going to receive this prototype um robot that is basically a game um so he gets that they deliver this robot and it's uh it basically it's the the plot is so cheesy 90s that um it was used for a military weapon that like went bad and so it the developer turned it into a kid's toy you know (laughs) you know that (laughs) so uh and it basically it evolved like you know every time you beat it um in a game it evolves the next the next level and it's basically picks up like um it shoots these little rubber balls but it picks up like these steel ball bangs and stuff and is like killing people with them it's just really uh kind of violent for the nature of the movie what's the name of the fucking movie i said it at the very beginning if you was paying attention I was it's called paying evolver 
Oh, that's right. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's it's. I really recommend actually seeing it if you can get it for cheap. It's so fun because it has that '90s. Uh, feel to it, and of course you have the kid whose parents uh, split up and... And Falver, is that what you said it's called? Evolver. Evolver. Yeah. Um, it's from 1995. I would give it a 6.5 out of 10. It is, it's a bad movie, but it's bad in so many good ways. Interesting. Huh. Yes, I definitely uh, heard you talk about that on the 10 and 10. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that I created that's pretty awesome. I'm glad you caught that. <laughs> okay, so next up is a movie called The Seamstress that I checked out. Has anybody seen this movie, The Seamstress? No. Nope. I think I've nope. heard of that one. What year is it from, do you know? Uh, it is from 2009, released by Image. Um, okay, so The Seamstress follows uh, a girl, I can't remember what her name is, I think it's Allie. Um, she is basically searching for her father, um, but it, it, it's kind of weird because her father is dead. Is this the movie with the hand on the cover? Yes, yes. Oh, maybe I have heard about this movie. So, like, her father is dead. So she's basically searching for the killer of her father. Um, and so they go to, like, this remote islands. Of course, they go to this remote islands, her and her friends and stuff, um, where there might there's, like, this ancient curse that possibly there and it's it has <laughs> shit to do with this. It's, it's kind of all over the fucking place. It doesn't really even make a lot of sense. Um, you know, this is one of those ones that's actually kind of hard to explain. It, well, it's only $2 and 48 cents on Amazon ship. So I'm definitely going to order it. <laughs> yeah. So basically what Wait, happened did he say was, it was good. I missed if he said it was good. I don't no, give I, a shit if it's good. I haven't got to it yet. Um, so basically this legend has started, for, uh, called or <laughs> I don't Sorry. really I don't really know what to say about it I don't um, even want to see this one this sounds weird this uh so basically what happened was this girl this girl was tortured and killed right and it created like this fucking myth about her that she'd come back and stuff and th- the problem is with explaining this movie is that there's there's a few twists and stuff that I can't really fucking say yeah everything kind of leads into this so I don't really want to give anything away but Basically, the seamstress is kind of like a supernatural thing. She comes back, you know, and she needs to kill all these people. And, you know, overall, the movie's, it's decent, but it's really fucking weird, like, towards the end. Uh, the effects are kind of weird. Um, like, are we start- talking, like, weird, like, that Wes Craven movie that we watched, like, six times, Deadly Blessing? Like, cause that, that one's really weird at the end. Yeah, the, the end of that movie is just, wow. wow. Um, yeah. But, you know, overall, it seems re- it's very average. It's very average. It, the story is kind of there, but it's been done a million times. You know, these these revenge supernatural-type films where someone's looking for something. Yeah, it's been done. So Honestly, I'm not a huge fan of any supernatural-type stuff lately. I, I'm just... I've not seen really anything super original as of late. I still haven't seen like Conjuring or anything, but um, I'm just kind of sick of them right now. So this one doesn't sound very fun to me. What would you rate it? Uh, like I said, it's very average. So probably you know five and a half out of ten. It has Lance Hendrickson and he plays the he plays the. Uh, well, that was uh, a selling point. You should have led with that. Well, sorry, but. <laughs> But, you know, you try to sell it from the story first, you know, without throwing big names. No, he's, yeah. he's not really in the film a whole You're not lot. looking at DVD covers, man. You got to yes. throw the name out right away, man, real big, you know, even uh, if they're only in it for two seconds. 
Yeah, the seamstress. The seamstress. It's okay. You know, it's uh, it's it's a very average film. That's all I like say. like like Hell World. You know, he's only in it for three seconds. Yeah, they're gonna call it a Hellraiser movie. He's he's terrible. Like he wasn't even good in Hell World. No. Um. So yeah. Uh, the last one before my pick of the week is Splinter, and um, this one was kind of battling for that pick of the week spot because i really enjoyed this one um i remember danny reviewing this one a long time ago um and have you seen it jeremy i have it i haven't watched it though yeah i I recommend checking it out when you get a chance um actually check it out this week and let me know what you think of it next week all right um so moods you've seen splinter yes yeah so first of all anybody who knows anything about me knows that I, I love horror films set in primarily one location, like frozen on a ski lift or, you know, in a cube or, you know, just any random place on a raft. You know, I love that idea of, of, of people being stranded or locked or stuck somewhere. And this film, they're kind of in a gas station throughout the whole film. Um, and basically there's this mold like substance that basically is like parrot, a parasite that um, takes over the host, which is, you know, usually a person or an animal and makes it all nasty and killery and violent. And um, it's kind of, um, you know, it's probably been done a little bit before stuff like this, but this one was just really cool. Um, The effects were fun. Uh, It's just a, all around fun watch it, it it really is um and they don't go into the mythology of the like splintery ooze stuff uh because it kind of gets these like spines and, and splinter things uh, that's where the name comes from um but definitely some cool gore scenes and stuff uh i, I definitely definitely recommend splinter what do you think about it moods did you like that one yeah, I loved it. I agree. I love films that take place in one setting like that too. It works really well. The effects are awesome. It's just a great all-around film. It's just I love the the look of the I guess the this parrot. Like, what do you want to call it? Yeah, what that's exactly what I is, It's like a par- It's kind of like a parasite or it's like a mold parasite type of substance that like kind of attacks the host and grows on it. It's it's it, yeah. it's like a cross between like that. Uh, fungus green shit in in Stephen King's segment and show and like you know something else <laughs> yeah yeah totally yeah um I, w- I would give that film a solid seven and a half out of ten it's uh you know maybe even higher but uh, I'll stick with that right now it's from 2008 Jeremy definitely check it out I got yeah, it I have it Walmart yeah yeah it's definitely worth the watch it's a great one okay uh so I watched Alice Sweet Alice this week because uh, I recently got the DVD finally after all these years. I used to own this on VHS, actually. Um, uh, finally got the fucking DVD. It's been out of print for a long time, at least by Anchor Bay. Uh, Alice Sweet Alice is from, what year is it? 1978, I believe it came out, or 76? Mm, I don't know. It doesn't have the year. I can't remember. Um, <clears throat> but it is basically about uh, this girl named Alice her younger sister right before her first communion uh she gets killed in the church and basically everyone or all the evidence and everything is kind of leaning towards alice you know the older sister did she do it didn't or she, you know she claims that she didn't do it 
but everything is fucking leaning towards her. And, you know, throughout the film, it's, it's more of like a, it's kind of like a mystery kind of thriller horror type film. And it's really about this girl. She's like a little bastard kid. <laughs> and, uh, you know, it's a really good film. It's actually the film debut of uh, Brooke Shields. She plays the younger girl that gets killed in the beginning of the film. Um, you know, I've never really been like overly ex- too stoked on this film. I think it's a good, it's a well-made film. Uh, but um, kind of predictable, in my opinion, towards the end, because, you know, I mean, especially for the time it's made, I don't really want to say anything else about it. I don't want to give anything else away, but it's it's a, it's a good movie. It's a good it's, movie. It's, it's, it's got a really good. fucking creepy mask. It, the, 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 the kid, or Alice, she wears this fucking amazingly creepy mask. It's like this clear kind of, the, if you've ever seen the, the cover art for the movie, you know, just check it out. That's the mask that she wears in it. And, uh, Fucking, it's a good movie, but it's not one of my favorites in the world. If I had to rate it, it's, it's definitely worth like a seven, seven and a half. It's a, it's a well-made film, just not one of my favorites. But um, it sounds like something that wouldn't have a whole lot of rewatch value. It doesn't actually. It doesn't. I haven't watched this movie in years since you know I had it on VHS, and it's kind of why. Would you I, recommend I, a buy on that? Uh, well, for collecting purposes, yeah. I mean, if you can get it for cheap, though, like I said, this one always sells for a decent amount of money because it's one of these old anchor bay releases that's been out of print yeah. forever so but i i managed to find this for one one for about 15 bucks uh, a few weeks ago which is actually a good price for it yeah. if you look at the prices it's so. one that i've always kind of had on the wish list and and never really saw it for a price that i wanted to go for so i'll probably sit on that one until it gets a maybe an hd release down the road or find it super cheap somewhere it's it's definitely one of those ones that you got to judge for yourself. It's kind of hard to tell somebody because you can't really say so much about it. So, I don't know. It's okay, though. Cool. So, uh, do you have any more before we get into our uh, pick picks of the week? Yeah, yeah, I got a few more DVDs here. I uh, recently watched Madison County. Uh, has anyone seen that one? Is that the one with That's the, the one with the, the pig monster, head, right? Yeah, the monster on the front. Yeah, it's got the I, dude with the I just picked that up at Family Fair. I remember like. when that was being uh, promoted, <laughs> and they actually did a pretty good job with promotion because I've seen it a lot of places. But I remember when it came out, I heard everybody saying how how much of a letdown and how crappy it was. Uh, what do you what do you is is that true or is that just uh, the, the, the general masses this, being bitchy? The thing about this movie though is that the storyline isn't original. That's the biggest problem with it. You know, it's not a bad or a poorly made film. It's just the story's not original. You know, it's about a guy that head, heads out to Madison County to go find this this person that wrote this book about the infamous killer. Hence the, you know, the dude with the, the fucking pig It's head. like Hills Run Red. Yeah, it's basically kind of... This Which story's is awesome. been done a million times. So upon arrival, him and his friends, uh, they go into this diner, and of course, everybody there is totally denying the fact that, you know, this killer ever exists, or even the writer and stuff like that. This you know, movie sounds cliched as hell, man. Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh no, it is. It definitely fucking is. But there's so many random, like, okay, of course they, you know, they descend into the bush and stuff, and then they start getting picked off one by one. Of course. It's, you okay, know, very question. typical cliched slasher. Now- um, you know, stuff like The Hills Run Red kind of knows what it is and knows that it's cliche. Do you get that vibe from this one that it knows that it's what it's doing? Or is this person making it just trying to make a straight up horror film, um, not knowing that he's being unoriginal as hell? Um, I think that he just, it's just an unoriginal idea that just, it's just, it's so cliche. It's, I don't know. It, <sighs> I don't know if they, if he knew that he was doing this, but I don't know how you couldn't because it's so cliched. <laughs> 
Like, I mean, if you're if you're in that spot of making this type of movie, you have to have seen a movie like this. Yeah. I mean, there's nothing about this movie that's original. There's a couple scenes in this movie. This is a perfect example of how fucking ridiculous this is. Um, so the one guy, uh, you know, he's he escapes the bush. He, he makes his way back to the fucking this diner where everybody, this old lady is in there and she's totally denying everything and shit like that. And he's talking to her. And, uh, but why does he keep coming back to this diner? Is he actually ends up in this diner a couple different times in the film asking the same questions. It's like the same thing over and over again. Is that supposed to be suspenseful? <laughs> like it's not really adding anything to the film. It's just so ridiculous because we already know that they're not giving up any information. Right. And you know that they're, you know that they know what's going on. It's, it's so cliched and ridiculous. Uh, it's not, it's not a very good film at all. Um, so is, I take it it's those like typical townsfolk when you go into this small town and you know right away they all oh, something, they know shit, but they're just like, it even had, <laughs> it, even, it even had the cliched scene where they all walk into the diner. Everyone stops what they're doing and, and stares. Yeah, dude, this movie sounds like beyond cliche. It even had that. And, and you know, and to, and to boots, the ki- the kills aren't even that great in it. Um, Did you just actually- say a a boot? <laughs> no, I did not say a boot. I know, I'm just messing with you. Um, I said two boot. Yeah, I know. But yeah, even the kills aren't <laughs> even the kills aren't even that great in this, which which really fucking sucks. You know, like if you're gonna watch yeah. a cliched movie like this, at least have the kills decent so there's some value. The there they... is there actually is one pretty decent kill, but I mean that's not gonna save this movie. I don't recommend Madison County, it's pretty shitty. Okay, that's good because that's something that's in my wish list, and I I'm, I'm I grabbed it for like a dollar or something. Yeah, but, it's it's worth a dollar. I mean, it's fuck, yeah, whatever. And pretty much anything's worth a dollar unless it's like, uh, okay, God knows what. So I got a couple more here. Um, I picked up the latest, not the latest release, a release from Masker Video called Savage Vengeance, also known as I Spit on Your Grave Two. This like, movie came. I spit on your grave two. Two? There's two I Spit on Your Grave twos? Well, no, this is like based off the original one, right? It even stars Camille Keaton, who was the original girl from I Spit in Your Grave. Really? Yeah. So this movie came out in the early 90s. It's basically the same movie, but on a micro-budget shot on video. (laughs) And it's it's really, really fucking bad, though. Like, I love shot on video movies, but this one, I can't recommend. It's horrible. Uh, For starters, the rape scene is basically three or two guys dry humping her with their clothes on. <laughs> like, I'm just like, what the fuck am I watching here? This is ridiculous. And then to top it off, the, the you know, the savage vengeance that she gets <laughs> is not so savage. Because it's not so it, savage. Huh? It lasts about five minutes, and it's just so poorly done. It's literally like the last five minutes of the movie, and it's really poorly done. Um, it's a short watch. I think it runs like 65 or 70 minutes, but it's... Uh, but there's just so much pointless dialogue and just so much pointless things. Like the the movie, the, the storyline is that, she, you know, five years earlier she was raped and then five. Um, yeah. It's five years later. And then of course she gets raped again. And I'm like, That's why does she keep putting, nice. and I'm like, why does she keep putting herself into these positions? Because it, it, you can't you even feel story for it. It's ridiculous. It's, it's a really, it's a poorly <laughs> movie though. Uh, I don't recommend Savage Vengeance. Uh, it's a nice release by a massacre video. I will say that, but overall, very shitty. Under par. Moving on. So Next up. I 
that one's an avoid, it sounds like. Yeah, definitely avoid that film. Next up is the latest Dustin Mills film called The Ballad of Skinless Pete. Uh, this one comes highly, highly, highly recommended for me. I love this movie with a passion. It was fucking brilliant. Oh, yeah. uh, if, you're, if you're familiar with Dustin Mills films, he's done uh, The Puppet Monster Massacre, Zombie A-Hole, Basalt Zombies, <laughs> uh, among films. Okay. So I'll, this one I'm, right I'm here. I'm nervous to even try any of those, dude. I think I'm going to not like them. Dude, I think you would fucking love his movies, man. Really? Yeah, you are so double-guessing yourself. I don't know what the fuck you're doing, man. I think you'd love this. These <laughs> dude, are really... Sometimes I don't even know what the fuck I'm doing, so it makes sense. But yeah, I think you would really enjoy this. This is a, he, he, his way of, he has a really unique way of, of storytelling. All his movies are not typical storylines, hence this one. It, it's about this guy named Peter Peel. I think that's what his name is. He's what an oncologist. He's an oncologist, and basically he figures that he's discovered the cure for cancer inside this parasite. But, of course, he is actually terminal himself, and he doesn't have long to live. So before he actually, you know, does all the actual testing on this parasite, um, you know, and with the cancer and stuff, he tries it on himself, and it doesn't go so well for him. <laughs> he basically turns, he, like, his body gets skinned, like, the shit just eats away his skin, and now he's just like a fucking, he's just like a walking piece of flesh and stuff. Look at the screenshots, it looks fucking brutal. It is, the, the effects are awesome, I'm not gonna lie, like, he does, Justin Mills did a great awesome job with the effects in this. Awesome effects a great selling point for me, because I, yeah. I just love awesome effects. Yeah, low budget, but really, it's actually pretty decently acted, there's some full frontal nudity, which is always a plus, good effects, um, it's not overly that long. It's about 80 minutes, and uh, it's just a really fun film. I think I think a lot of people would really enjoy this. And I've been, you know, promoting the shit out of Dustin Mills films lately because you know every film is so different. You know, he really brings you something new to the table. I'm indie, indie going films. to try a so. uh, what Dustin Mills. I'm going to try a Dustin Mills film from your recommendation. So you just got that guy another which, buy. Which one? Which one? The Ballad of Skinless Peach or Kill That Bitch? Kill That Bitch isn't out yet. I don't yet. know. Kill That Bitch sounds kind of awesome, but which one would you recommend? Well, Kill That Bitch isn't out till like, February, so... Fuck. <laughs> but, Heart uh, Attack. Heart Attack is also known as Night of the Tentacles. Um, yeah, it's another great film. It's a really cool storyline. Uh, yeah, we'll talk more about that. I'll, I I have all his movies and stuff, so okay, I might yeah. actually do a, I might actually do a feature on my channel about his movies. But anyways, move along. I highly recommend that. I give it probably like an eight, eight and a half out of ten. Ooh, am I going to try and guess the pick of the week? I think I know. Um. So yeah. Wait, wait, wait. Are you going to? Are we? Is it pick of the week time? No, I got one more, and then my okay. pick. Of the week. Okay. No, then so, my pick of the week. Then I'll kick oh, it back to you for your kick okay. pick of the week. Sounds good. Sounds good. <laughs> Okay, so the next movie is a film by uh, Noboro Iguchi. <laughs> he also did The Machine Girl, Robo Geisha, Dead this Sushi. Asian horror? Among films. Batshit crazy Japanese over-the-top awesomeness called Zombie Ass uh, <laughs> Toilet of the Dead. Yeah, I've seen, I've seen the trailer to this. Man, dude, like if... if these movies are so much fun. Like, I was laughing from the fucking opening scene of this movie right to the end. There's so much farting and shitting and shit coming out of chicks' buttholes in this movie. So, like, the ABC it, of Death um, short story? Actually, yeah. He so directed like fart. A... He directed <laughs> But these movies are just nonstop action and really, really good effects. Like, they're mixed uh, practical and CG. But the CGI effects are awesome. Really well done. It looks good. 
more practical effects than anything, though. Um, <laughs> I'm not really going to get into the plot of this because it doesn't really matter. It's a zomb- zombie film. But if you want to know more about it, I did do a review. It'll be up tomorrow on Body Bags. But I do recommend this film. It's fucking hilarious. It's so much fun. You can't take it serious. Just check it out. Very fun I, shit. If you, if you walk into a video store, you know, buy a DVD or whatever called Zombie Ass, Night in the Toilet Dead or whatever the hell it's called, and you expect to see a serious film. <laughs> yeah. You're kidding yourself then, that right? That goes without saying that you shouldn't take it serious. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, JP, your pick of the week. My pick of the week is... Can anybody guess it? No. I give up. Okay, my pick of the week is Hatchet 3 from the year 2013. Ooh, everyone just turned the podcast off, didn't they? I know, right? <laughs> Why? What is the deal with these Hatchet 3 haters? And I think I know what it is, okay? I have a theory on I this. Think, I, I have a theory on this, okay? so I think I, that... I, okay, go ahead. Okay, I haven't seen Hatchet 3 yet, but I do have a theory on this. It seems like the way I've I've been talking to a lot of people about Hatchet 3, and it seems like most people that prefer Hatchet 1 over 2 love Part 3. And the people that love Part 2 the most dislike Part 3. It seems like everybody that I've talked to has been been like that. Interesting. I know. I came up with this theory because I've talked to numerous people about it, and every person that loved Part 2 more than one dislike part three and i like all of them so i prefer part one over part two that's why i think i'm gonna like part three i just wish they would have got daniel harris to play the original character throughout all three movies yeah that would have been fucking annoying yeah yeah okay so hatchet three one thing that i absolutely like right, right right away is the fact that it starts off right where the last one ended you know daniel harris standing i'm I'm not going to spoil it because that'll spoil hatchet 2 but you know um it it starts off right where the previous one ended i think that one of the main reasons that i don't think people like hatchet 3 is that it doesn't really add anything new to the series it doesn't really elevate in any kind of way it's kind of more the same but it's more of the same that i like you know i like hatchet 1 and 2 i i like it um it doesn't um feel big enough maybe I, I think that's kind of what it is but uh, if you go back through the friday the 13th films and any other slasher it's always more the same when you're dealing with sequels that's why we like it we want to see more of the same um you know you have to add some new stuff um which uh you know the stuff that they added the characters and stuff i thought was great they have zach Callaghan, of course from gremlins um you have carolyn williams who plays a reporter and i think that her character is so similar to stretch that it's uh, from Texas Chainsaw 2. It was just awesome to see that, and I really liked her her character. Um, and then uh, there's an awesome, awesome cameo. I won't spoil it. Um, it was kind of surprising, and it was very, very funny. Um, there's also a lot of cool nods to the audience. Um, Adam Green makes a cameo, uh, and he's playing that same drunk guy that was in you know the other ones. Uh, it's just, honestly, it feels to me like a sequel, a trilogy, a, uh, it continues the story. It, it, it totally has that sequel feel to it. Everything about, about it feels like a sequel. And in my opinion, I think it's the most tech, the, the best, uh, hatchet technically. I think that, um, the, the camera work is better. I know Adam Green did not direct this one. Um, and I actually think that the guy who did BJ McDonald, I believe who was his, uh, 
um, director of photography or whatever. Uh, I think he does better, actually. I think that the sets look less fake. The gore was pretty awesome. It's just, I, I really enjoyed Hatchet 3. I'd give it 8 out of 10. What do you think, Jeremy? I know you've seen it. Uh, I like all the movies. Um, they're not movies that you should watch if you want to follow a good story or anything like that. Why well, the story's fine. Uh, they're fun, mm-hmm. but I think the main shopping point is the over-the-top you know, gore. and It's not even over-the-top. It's like extremely over-the-top gore. Okay. Um, Victor Crowley is essentially Jason. I mean, that, I, that's... I, I agree. And the gore's really stepped up in the third movie. Oh, people are screaming at the fucking... at their speakers right now saying that. I've said that before, and I've heard, I've, I've had people go, no, it's not the fucking same. It's not the same. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, essentially, kind of, really. It's kind of the same story. A tragic death of this kid yeah. because people were ignorant or wasn't paying attention. Um, his father is you know, torn up about it, much like his mother was. You know, it's kind of a similar story. But what I like is I like the repeater thing, the idea that that Victor Crowley is stuck repeating this thing. He cannot be killed. It explains why he can't die. I like that that idea, and and it works for me. It's decent mythology. It's more than just a killer in the woods that now they're adding some depth to it when they talk about, um, these, these theories, how to kill him. And, and, you know, maybe if we bring the grandpa back here, who was part of his death, this will go away. And like, I, I like, there's more to it than just a killer, um, in the woods type of thing. And that's when I think it kind of gravitates away from the, uh, you know, essentially being Jason. Mm-hmm. I guess I could see that. Uh, yeah, there's more to it than people give it credit. I, I, I think I think that that is one of the things I've noticed. I think people really just see it as like silliness and just uh, you know c- comedy and stuff. I, another thing, I think they toned down the comedy a little bit from part two, which I actually think is good a good thing. Um, I thought it was fun, man. Derek Mays was cool. All the characters mm-hmm. were cool. Um, I'd like to see a fourth one. I'll be honest, I liked it. Yeah, who knows if they're going to make a fourth one. Doubt it. But who knows, right? All right, Moods. Talk about Alice Kills already. Come on. (laughs) Well, way to spoil it. Um, Yeah, so my pick of the week is going to be Alice Kills. Yay! Yes. um, Good pick. What can I say about this movie? Fuck, it took me a while. This movie came out in 2011. We finally got a release here in Uh, Region 1. Movies. A couple One years of my later. Movies of the last long time. Fucking love that movie. Yeah, uh, just a very good film. Um, yeah, what can I say about Alice Kills? Basically, starts out where Alice kind of attempts to kill her. Well, not attempts. She tries to kill her indefinitely. Um, her friend by pushing her off a fucking building, and of course, her friend survives. Well, this basically pushes Alice into a fucking state of like a downward spiral into fucking darkness, man. She just starts going mentally insane. Um, she not only starts doing drugs, she just starts doing a whole pile of crazy shit, hanging out with the wrong people. And, you know, I really, really like the middle part of this movie, you know, like the beginning, the beginning of the movie, you know, Alice does seem a little odd, but she doesn't seem overly that crazy. You know, it seems like it's almost like a different type of movie. She's hanging out with her friend. They're kind of trying to, they're trying to work out some issues and no, stuff. They're, and they're, they, they're a little drunk and they go on the roof, you know. Yeah, and then, and then she basically, okay, that's it. I'm pushing her off, kind of thing. 
Um, so when she finds out that her friends, you know, that she survived, she goes fucking crazy, starts doing drugs, hanging out, um, buying some drugs off this, I can't remember the drug dealer's name in the film, but he does a really good job, actually. He's a really good uh, actor, actually. Yeah, yeah, he's good. He does a really good job, but she's just going fucking spiraling out of control. And that's basically the middle part of the movie. She is just, you know, doing drugs, doing crazy shit. And you really get into the psyche of her, too. She's just, you can see her going deeper and deeper. And then the third act hits. Yeah. And she fucking loses it. Oh, yeah. She starts fucking killing people and it gets all gory and shit. Awesome, and she's awesome just effects. Really, really good effects. And, I mean, the scene where she goes back to the drug dealer's house, because basically. She she ends up killing the drug dealer, kind of a spoiler alert. But anyways, she um not really a spoiler alert, but she uh she ends up killing him because you know they she didn't have any money. She got fired from her job because you know she was doing drugs and oversleeping. Do you get that? Do you, did you get that impression that she was sleeping like entire days away in the film, Jeremy? I think that's what drugs do to you. So I would think so. But like an entire fucking day, because remember she's like, "What day?" What? Or she's like, "I was here yesterday, but it was actually like the day after." Yeah, um, that was fucking trippy. Actually, yeah. really trippy. But anyways, so of course she gets fired from her job, and she still wants to continue to do these drugs. So the drug dealer's making her, you know, basically do favors for the drugs and stuff. So toward in the third act, she fucking snaps on him. But that whole scene inside the drug dealer's house is fucking crazy, man. Oh yeah. Crazy. It really like at that point in the movie, you just know she's completely lost her fucking shit. She's going <laughs> ape shit. And you know, and I mean, and back in her apartment, that scene, you know, at the end the is guy, so good. So yeah. fucking good. My, I, I honestly, there's a couple really shocking scenes in this movie. Um, I'm taking it right back to about the middle part of the scene or middle part of the movie. Um, when her friend, you know, eventually does come to her demise, I won't say how, but she's at the funeral and, uh, she's kind of saying her goodbyes or what everyone thinks she's doing. She's saying her goodbyes. She's leaned over the casket and she's kind of pulling some necrophilia shit there on the body. Yeah. Yeah. And that, that was really surprising. Actually, that was really the point in the movie where I was like, holy fuck, she's completely lost her shit. Don't give away too much more because I'm already interested in this. Yeah. It's one of my favorite movies in the last. You know what? I'll, I'll just leave it like that. The last 30 minutes, the last 30 minutes are batshit crazy. And the very last scene, awesome. Yep. And guys, um, I seen that this is about seven, eight bucks on Amazon recently. So, uh, anybody out there, I'm taking it that this is a high recommendation, correct? Yeah, yeah ab- this absolutely. It's actually one of the best films I've watched in a long time. Yes. Um, it's a nine yeah. and a half out of ten for me. I can tell you. I, that. I would give it nine, nine and a half too. Okay, it's just, so it's, it's a really I fascinating. It it's yeah. a fascinating story into into darkness and good. Facts. I, see, I saw good facts. it. I saw it back when it was Alice, and not before it got a U.S. release. But the movie's fucking awesome. It's so good. Definitely yeah. check it out if you guys want a good movie. Um, I'm for sure going to definitely add that to my wish list. I'll probably get it, you know, very soon. Um, but one more thing I kind of wanted to mention about Hatchet Three. Um, Jeremy, um, I, from what I remember, you didn't like it, or you said it was disappointing. I didn't say that. Oh, I said that wasn't I, you? I just thought it was okay. I guess. All I don't right, love um, the I don't love the movies or anything like that. Okay, I, I actually think that Hatchet 3 is probably my favorite in the series. Um, one of the complaints that I've been hearing, and I just kind of want to touch on this because I meant to say it when I, when I was originally talking about it, is everybody seems to keep complaining about Danielle Harris not doing anything. 
because yeah. uh, for most of the movie she's in a uh, jail cell yeah. um and i i kind of look at it as like um compare it to jamie lee curtis in halloween 2 how she really doesn't do anything um i don't see why that's an argument what does that matter if a character doesn't do anything that's their story that's what they're doing why do they have to be in the action running from the killer all the time who even if she's your main character that's what she's doing that's part of her story it doesn't she doesn't have to be in front of the camera the whole time i like what they did with daniel harris it made her talk more it made her kind of um you know you kind of got a feel for what the hell she was thinking for one she has time to stop and speak for a minute um and i liked it i i just don't really know why that has to be a negative but that's pretty much it all right Mm-hmm. and we Very all know cool. what your blu-ray pick of the month is week whatever um house yeah. on straw hill right House on Straw Hill, yeah. Yes. I'll, I'll, run, I'll run through. I'll run through quickly. I'll do like a quick Blu-ray uh, rundown of the ones that I watched recently. Uh, first up, Body Bags from Screen Factory. I'm not going to talk too much about these. Uh, PQ sound really awesome. I thought that the uh, the vocal track on it though was a little hissy. Um, I was kind of disappointed with that, but everything else about the release is fantastic. Uh, next up from Screen Factory, uh, Night of the Comet. I'm, I've never really been the biggest Which fan of this movie. I just got for $14.99 on deep discount during their Black Friday sale. That's a good deal. Uh, Night of the Comet. Now, I've never really been the biggest fan of this movie, but it's definitely worth picking up. It looks great, sounds great. Uh, it's got some pretty cool special features, um, and it's got really good art. Uh, the slipcover art is, is, is Dude, awesome. What, what release doesn't have good art? Let me ask you that, Mr. Motes. Yeah, Good point. Um, next up, John Carpenter's Assault on Precinct 13, again from Scream Factory. Once again, looks awesome. The transfer is amazing. It sounds awesome. This is a brilliant fucking movie. If you've never seen Assault on Precinct 13, it comes highly recommended from your boy Moods. Um, yes, definitely check this out. It's a fucking brilliant movie. Good. And guess what, JP? It all takes place in one setting. The transfer good. <laughs> Sounds yeah. like my kind of film. It looks, it looks awesome, man. It really does look awesome. Uh, next up is Night of the Demons 2 from Olive Films. Uh, you know, Not a huge fan of Olive because I think they're overpriced as hell, but they are putting out shit that I want, so I'm going to have to eventually grab it. Yeah, I, I do agree. Olive is pretty expensive, but uh, you know, Night of the Demons 2, it's kind of a mixed... Uh, people have mixed reviews on this one. Um, you know, it's not a great movie, but I really enjoy it. It, it feels like a mid-90s Night of the Demons sequel. It's fun. It's got some pretty cool kills, and it's entertaining. So I do recommend it. The uh, picture quality is good. It sounds great. What more can you ask for? And <laughs> last up is Night Train to Terror. I did a review you tell on me you watched all of those in one week, dude. I watched two to three movies a night, yeah. Holy <laughs> fuck, dude. And Night Train to Terror, I did a review on this on body bags last week this is an anthology film from 1985 that got released by vinegar syndrome which is an awesome new company i do recommend this it looks great the stories are pretty cool um yeah so if you want to know more about that check out the review on body bags but i do recommend that release vinegar syndrome doing a great job with the releases and of course my pick of the week blu-ray style is house on straw hill released by severin now very cool thing about this release is that it doesn't say anywhere on it but the first 3,000 copies pressed up comes with a bonus documentary called ban the status videos which is a documentary on the video nasties of course and it's fucking brilliant it's it's amazing very informative i really enjoyed it. it's about 95 minutes long highly recommend that so run out grab yeah, one I see before that, they're dude. gone definitely you're gonna grab have to print up some gone. uh some copies of that on 
DVDR and, and send them our way because yeah, I'm, I'm very interested in that. Yeah, it's it's definitely worth. Yeah, I mean we're all big documentary fans, so you know this will not let you down. As for the movie House on Straw Hill, it's a video nasty, of course. Um, I really enjoyed it. It's about a guy that's you know he's he goes off to this secluded house to write his second book. His first book was a really big hit. Uh, he hires on a typist, right, so he can you know vocally vocally uh, write his book while she types it out and stuff. And then some people start getting killed off. There's some pretty cool. Um, you know, masturbation scenes in this, which I, <laughs> some I, pretty cool masturbation scenes. Well, that, that, we, that's basically <laughs> that's what got funny. this movie on the, on the, on the fucking ban list because yeah, yeah. you know, it's shit like that. It's, there's some pretty blatant nudity and stuff and some lesbian sex and all that shit going on. I really enjoyed it. Uh, the transfers <laughs> by Severin. I mean, what you're going to, it's from the original 35 millimeters. So it's, you know, I think they did a pretty good job with this, but overall and a fantastic release, definitely worth getting alone just for the fucking documentary and that is my blu-ray roundup yeah but you Straw can't Hill. get Check that it. documentary now right is it isn't it like gone was no, it only it, in the first couple there are three thousand there's still copies available so shit apparently. um All right, i might have so to jump on that we were talking for an hour and 10 minutes about our fucking blu-ray releases so what's a perfect time to go watched. to Good old boy JP with some horror news. So. Okay, guys, I got some horror news for you, and I want to know what Dean's want to hear. Dean's want to hear about some remakes. Dean's want to hear about some sequels. Or Dean's want to hear about some original horror. Or some remakes that's supposed to be sequels that we don't know what the fuck it's supposed to be. Yeah, so pick one. How about we do the original horror <laughs> since there's like Thank none you. of it. There's none of it. There is no original horror. There's like, there's like one thing that was original that I seen that was interesting. And uh, it's called XX. Have you guys heard of this? No. no. Okay, it's going to be an anthology film, but it's going to be all female directors. The Soska sisters are involved, which, dude, I've been hearing so much about them. I really need to give one of their movies a chance. I've still not seen anything they've done. But it's put out. It's going to be put out by, uh, I actually forget, uh, the same people that put out American Mary, I believe. Um, but the the directors are going to be all female. It's going to be an anthology, each segment, and the lead character is going to be a female. Um, the Soska sisters are involved, and Mary Her- Heron, who did American Psycho, th- those are the two that I recognize. Um, but what do you guys think about that? All-female cast? Do you think that's uh, banking on the fact that they're all female? Or do you think it's, like, you know, cool that they're doing that? That's cool. Thanks for your opinion. <laughs> no problem. I don't know what else but, uh, to say about no, it. I mean, like, because I heard some people just because they're just because they're chicks about... don't mean they can't direct horror movies. Yeah, but what I heard was people bitching about the fact that they're trying to sell it as these, uh, you know, chicks, um, you know, and they're basically saying that it's bullshit that they're selling it like that. Which I don't see a problem with it. I, I say, why not promote it like that? It's um, it's interesting. It got my, my attention, you know. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. I don't know what else to say about it. I've seen a lot of female horror movies. Yeah, I just, um, yeah. So I guess I'll move on to something else. Indeed. Uh, <laughs> um, Jeepers Creepers three. Yeah, is, that's uh, never gonna happen. Well, there's some new movement on it. Um, actually, uh, major movement according to the uh, Victor Salva, and he says, um. The, uh, you know, it's now, um, you know, Victor Salva, of course, is known for creating Jeepers Creepers Clown House, which he is known for actually molesting one of the kids on set. 
um, which is why everybody hates him. And I think it's hard for him to get work, which, you know, he's a scumbag piece of shit. And, um, you know, I don't like him, but he makes some decent movies. And uh, <laughs> I, I would love to see Jeepers Creepers 3. And from what I hear, there's they possibly already filmed some scenes. Who knows? Why the I'm fuck a- does it happen? Why does it have to be him that directs it? Like, why can't we get a Jeepers Creepers three, and you know, have someone else direct the fucking movie? I mean, if I think it's he that big of a problem. Stuff about it. He must he because it yeah. seems like it's been it's either Both Silva doing successful. it or it's not fucking happening, which is so infuriating. Because I highly doubt it's going to happen. See- Dude, I think it's going to happen because he's had this script wrote for a long time, and he says there's been major movement on it, and before he was like, there's no movement on it, so. Him saying that is kind of interesting because um, for the longest time he says he had it done, he has the script done, he just needs people to back him to shoot it, uh, you know, studios. Yeah. And nope, studios is going to want to back him because what he did. Yeah, who would? I wouldn't. There you go. So it's um, never going to happen. Uh, but what do you guys, would you guys want to see a Jeepers Creepers 3? I would love to see a Jeepers yeah, Creepers 3. It's just, you know, I just, I'd rather it not come with all the other bullshit, but, yeah. you know, it is what it is, right? I guess, I guess if he owns the fucking rights or whatever, it, it seems Honestly, like he does, though, obviously, I kind of because. I him to direct it if somebody's going to do Jeepers Creepers 3. I mean, because he knows what he's doing with the material. Like, I hate the I, dude, but he makes yeah. good movies. Yeah, I understand where you're coming. It's Except kind of a catch 22. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. It's, and it, it's, it, it just comes down to somebody like him to be successful. <laughs> you know. I mean, it comes down to like we do want to see it. So I mean, we don't have to see his fucking his fucking ugly face on on screen. So whatever. I mean, I'd be yeah. down for it. I, I would love to see a Jeepers Creepers three though, man. In a perfect world, this guy didn't molest a kid and he made awesome Jeepers Creepers movies. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, moving on, we have uh, Trick or Treat 2 has yeah. finally been announced from uh, the director. Um, he doesn't have a script yet. He wants it to be a trilogy, possibly, you know, altogether. His original idea was much like Halloween 3 back in the day, where they wanted to do a different story every year and put one out. And that's his initial con- conception of the idea of doing the Trick or Treat films. He wanted to try to do one every year or whatever, which would have been so damn cool. Um, yeah, man. I still want somebody to do that, you know? <laughs> uh, and he wants to explore more of Sam's origins and stuff. Of course, do you expect that? Um, he's going to stick to the anthology format, which I think he did brilliantly, the way he interwove everything in the first film. Uh, I it's, one of, it's one of the best put-together anthologies ever made. Yeah. yeah, for sure. It really is. It really is. The structure it, of that it, film it, is so brilliant. My, it's probably my favorite anthology. Um, it's actually taking over my number one spot. It is my favorite one of all that's time. That's what I watch on Halloween now instead of Halloween. I, yeah, watch, yeah. I watch Trick or Treat, and I have for the past, you know, since 2009 or something. Um, it, it's, it really is such an atmospheric film, and I am full on board for this sequel. I've been, I, I believe I did my contest back in, like, a year and a half, like a year ago, uh, my 100 subs contest where I asked what is a sequel that you wanted would like to see? And Trick or Treat was like my number one. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I'll take everybody's for Creep- Trick or Treat. Oh, fuck yeah, man. Creepshow was my number one for so many years because I grew up with that shit because I'm, you know, like I'm a grandpa to you guys, so. <laughs> but uh, but no, I, I mean, ever since Trick or Treat came out, and I just, I, I can't 
deny the fact that that movie is really, really brilliant. Yeah, it's good. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, Insidious 3 has a release date April 3rd, 2015. Um, have you guys seen Insidious 2? At least they're taking more time to make it than they did the same. Negative. No. Okay, I, I haven't seen Insidious 2 yet either. 2010, Insidious was my favorite horror film of that year. I absolutely loved it. I thought it was so awesome. For a pure but, garbage for kids under 13, it was pretty good. What? <laughs> for pure was... garbage of a, for kids under 13, it was oh, pretty good. Dude. That's one of the rare cases where somebody made a PG-13 horror film and it uh, it the, the, the PG-13 did not affect the film. Nope. Um, it, it was great. I, I love Insidious, and um, Insidious Two. I've heard mixed things about. Looking forward to it. Um, I'm sure I'm down for an Insidious Three. I haven't seen the second one yet, so I should probably wait till I see that to say so. But you is, know, there, is there is there continuity here? Like, is the third one just taking place after the second one? Well, Do we know this? It, there's pretty much no information besides the same guy who wrote the screenplay is returning, and there's no word if James Wan is returning though. Yeah, I, I doubt it. Well, he did. Yeah. He say The Conjuring was his last horror movie. But, yeah, but I think he's doing another horror movie. <laughs> like, I think there's another one original. I don't horror, understand but... why he would want to step away from the horror genre. I, mean, I know, he dude, he's killing he keeps, it, dude. He, he keeps making, yeah, he keeps making really good films. Like Dead Silence was really good. Yeah, the first know? Saw is is gene- the first Saw is a masterpiece almost in a certain way, man. I love the first Saw. It's just it kind of got bogged down by the sequels, and um, but the first Saw is a damn good movie, man. Yeah. I love the ending of that film. Yeah, dude, when you first seen that, did that not blow your fucking mind? Yeah, I loved it. Yeah, yeah it was good. It was good. Yeah, so In Cities 3, yeah, whatever. Um, Next up for sequels, uh, we actually, I think that's it for sequels. Oh, no, there's an eighth saw in production. Never um, going to happen. Never will happen. Why do you say that? Because they said they're working, never going to make another Saw movie. Yeah, they said that after Friday the 13th Part 4. What the fuck are they going to do? They four. ended this series. I don't know. Don't spoil anything because I've not seen the seventh Saw. But they said um, Lionsgate has said they're incredibly active in developing an eighth Saw film. It is not a remake, and it is going to be um, a continuation of the original series. Oh, that is from Lionsgate. Fucking hell, man. <laughs> oh, man, God. this Saw series is never gonna fucking. Oh, oh man, I can't really Be- speak on the Saw series because I've only seen up to part five. Um, I, I do want to grab them on Blu-ray and and revisit them. Um, you know, I think they just got too convoluted. I think that's what the main problem was, right? I mean, because they they have such you know fucking awesome cliffhangers. That's how they fucking you know tug people in and everybody was waiting and so it's not a spoiler everybody was waiting for um uh fucking uh dr gordon to come back and then when he finally did come back well sorry jp for, <laughs> Don't for spoil, you, man. how am i spoiling it it's the movie's been out since fucking 2000 because I, I want to see it. Just don't spoil it. I'm asking you not to. All right, I'm not going to. In my it. opinion, in my opinion, the Saw movies just aren't cutting it anymore, man. After I, the third but, film, but it's been a <laughs> they got the ass. It's the third been a film was, I mean, was good. I see, think man, that, I totally disagree. I hated the third movie. See, I hated the second movie. See, I liked the first two, and I hated. Yeah, I actually, no, part three. Actually, part three was decent. I hated part four. I thought. The, I thought. I thought, I thought the, part four was shit. I thought the brain surgery okay. scene in three was fucking awesome. I want to ask you guys a question. Yeah, that was good. That was a good scene. Yeah. 
Um, so I actually liked when the Saw threes was happening. I didn't really watch them too much. You know, I, I got excited for like the first three and then I really didn't get excited, but I liked that they were happening because everybody was talking about the new horror, the new Saw. And it kind of reminded me of like the Friday the 13th series or something like that. It's like every year you knew there was a Saw film for seven years and it was cool. Um, I kind of liked that. It seemed like horror was talked about a little bit more. And it was a little less annoying than the people talking about paranormal activity every year. Um, yeah, but those films suck major cocks. So. I disagree slightly on that, <laughs> but uh, we'll talk about that another time. I want to ask you guys, do you think – because from what I understand, when the Friday the 13th were coming out – Pretty much everybody thought that they were garbage as they were happening, except for the hardcores who really enjoyed them. But it was kind of like the same thing. Now, 10 years from now, will people be looking back on Saw and being like, man, that was an awesome series when it was happening? No. Yeah, you make a good point, though. Yeah, I, I can I see what you're exactly where, Yeah. Yeah, I don't see that happening. But, I mean, to be quite frank, I don't think so. I, no. To be honest, I don't think the Saw series is really on the same level. I mean... You know, comparing it to the Friday the Thirteenth, I understand it's not I totally terrible, but that. but you know what so, I'm saying though. It's just there are different kinds of movies, and, yeah, yeah. So we all agree on that then. Um, okay, I guess on to the remake stuff. Well, actually, there's there's the the newest piece of news that I read is actually in the TV world of things, and um, the Weinstein's are developing a ten part series of The Mist uh, huh. for TV. Now. I found this kind of annoying when I first read it, but then I found it kind of interesting um, because Frank Darabont is attached. Now, Frank Darabont is the guy who, you know, created, who, who made the Mist movie, right? So that that's who you want to do it. That's that's a good way to continue it. Um, and is it going to be a miniseries, like a 10-part miniseries, or is it going to be a TV series? I, I'm not really sure what they said on that, but I think it could work, dude. Um, it could be interesting. That's another movie where they're set in a grocery store the whole time. It's really awesome. I, yeah. I really love it. Yeah, I love that movie. That was a good movie. But does that translate well to a TV series? Well, they're, they're making a TV series from uh, from Dust Till Dawn. Yeah, they are. And Scream. Oh, they're it making seems a like Scream that's one? where it's going now, man. It seems like that's a new thing. Yeah. Hmm. So what I do you guys think about don't that? Talk to me. I don't know. I don't give a shit about TV. It doesn't even matter. <laughs> I don't know, man. I'm not really too sure how I feel about all these these movies being turned into fucking TV series and stuff. To be honest, I I don't know how well it worked, but who knows? I don't. Things always seem to surprise me. Yeah. These days, man. Who knows? It, it could be good. I don't know. I really don't yeah, know. <laughs> I, I, I'm kind of interested. It, it did interest me because Frank Darabont is you know a good person to. To do it, and um, yeah. I'm more interested in them fucking developing <laughs> another fucking Tales from the Crypt series or something yeah. like that. You know, just yeah, you know, that, that was, was already that was... a TV series, man. You know, you know, fucking do that shit again. I mean, they they did the Twilight Zone three fucking different times, and you got to yeah. put that shit on HBO, and you got to get. See, I think we would lose something with Tales from the Crypt though, because. There's not really like cool people you can bring into it anymore. I guess there is in the horror world, but but a lot of those people weren't horror actors who they would bring in, like, um, you know, Arnold Schwarzenegger and stuff. You know what I mean? Like they they would get all kind of like cool guest stars, and a lot of them weren't horror actors, but they were cool people at least. Like, who are you gonna get now? Um, yeah, I think that was a big part of why Tales from the Crypt was so. You can't awesome. get you can't get Don Wrinkles anymore. 
<laughs> That's for sure. Well, but I would love. Another I guess they could get Buster Rhymes. Oh Jesus! Okay, move on. Move on. Yeah. Okay. We're move, moving on to the remake stuff. Uh, Dawn of the Dead. This is like the the production studio or whatever who did the Texas Chainsaw 3D film. Oh wait. Wait, the they could get dead. Trey Songs too. That would be a sick duo. I'm not listening. <laughs> Day of the Dead remake, um, another remake, I guess. It's uh, the guy who did um, House at the End of the Street is writing it, I believe, and it goes in production uh, summer of 2014. Is anybody interested in this at all? Okay, did you say that he's writing the movie? The guy that did House at the End of the Dead End Street or whatever? Yeah, House at the End of the Street. That was the the one with fucking what's her face in it, Jennifer Lawrence. Yes, that movie was shitty. Yeah, it, was, it didn't feel like a Hitchcocky type of psycho ripoff. The, one of the biggest. Yeah. The problem was was the fucking writing. The yeah, movie yeah. was it was poorly written. So that I'm not interested in this at all. If that guy's writing the the, the new film, so. <sighs> um, uh, this is probably one of the things that I'm like blah. Like as soon as I read it, I'm like ah, eh, I'm no. really interested in it. Um. I guess it's going to be set modern times. The zombie apocalypse has pretty much taken over the world, and there's people in an underground bunker trying to cure the virus. Um, sound familiar? Yeah. Yes. Okay, so moving on. Um, we have news of a Sleepaway Camp remake. Um, now, this has been talked about for a long time, but I guess it's moving a little bit more forward. Uh, the same guy who produced the original is uh, and directed, I believe, is back for this one. And Felissa Rose is attached in some way. Um, Sleepaway Camp, I don't think works as a remake because the only thing that makes Sleepaway Camp original and stand out is the ending. And what are you, you going to remake that ending? I've been saying this shit ever since I heard that they were fucking thinking about remaking this movie. I'm like, this is one movie that you can't fucking remake. No. It's just going to be a name only remake then because there's what are you, it's just going to be a slasher at camp. There's nothing. It's so pointless. Stop with these name only remakes, man. Fucking stop cashing in on this shit. You know what? Brainstorm, come up with an original idea for fucking once and do the movie. Stop remaking these shit. We don't need a fucking name only remake. Yep. Yeah. Okay. it's, It's, I think it's one of the more pointless remakes that I've heard of. Um, you know, of course, anytime you're talking about a remake, you could think it's bad and then it turns out to be like Maniac or something. Um, because I know when I heard that they was remaking Maniac, I wasn't interested at all. There's only two good remakes, okay? That's not true. Uh, okay. In my mind. Okay, what are they? Maniac and Hills Have Eyes. Both are two of my favorite. Um, yeah, the yeah. Blob? Yeah, yeah Blob. I, blob and the Fly, too. Fly? The, the Thing? thing. The Thing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Recent, re- recent remakes, then. Yeah. Yeah, they definitely made better remakes in the 80s, that's for sure. Oh, yeah. yeah. But, I mean, even Invasion of the Body Snatchers from 78 is a great remake. Oh, and yeah. In my opinion, is the best one out of all four of them, I believe. I think there's four Invasion films now. What about Halloween, but, dude? Halloween was a good one. Yeah, see, I, I'm one of the yeah. Halloween likers. I'm one of the likers. I know you are too, JP, and I don't know. That movie is probably one of the most, you know, oh, divided, it. divided opinion fucking movies ever. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, dude. You either hate it or I, you love I've it. I've honestly not heard one good argument besides, like, Rob Zombie's a piece of shit. 
<laughs> that's like the only thing I hear. <laughs> well, the only thing, the, the main thing I hear about that movie is that everyone's like, you know, what made Halloween so awesome was the fact that there was so much mystery to Michael Myers. I don't think that's you didn't need that fucking backstory. I, I, I and I agree. That. I totally agree with that because, or with what, you know, you just said, because I love the fucking, the backstory of Rob Zombie's Halloween. Yeah, I think so it adds I, so much I think to the it movie. Adds a lot to it. it lo- adds a lot of um, dynamic, and and there's still mystery to it. There's still yeah. mystery. It's just it's it's how you look at it. And I think that I think that that argument. I, I just don't buy it. Really, it's yeah. just me personally. I don't buy that as a, as a as a good reason why it sucks. Yeah, I agree. Okay, so um, yeah, Sleepaway Camp remake. I don't know, man. No, thank I, you. I do Ash. like that Alyssa Rose is attached to it. That, that's about it, though. Yeah. Because she, she's pretty cool. Um, after that, we have a... Um, so this is kind of interesting. Um, back on the burial grounds, we talked about what would happen. What do you think could save the Hellraiser franchise? And I, I said pretty much, I think you have to remake it at this point. I don't think you can really make a sequel to it anymore. Um, Clive Barker had a meeting with uh, Harvey Weinstein from Dimension, and he pitched him his idea for a Hellraiser remake. And Harvey Weinstein gave him the go-ahead to write a treatment for, uh, you know, the first script or whatever. Um, so, first of all, everybody just says that that means that a new Hellraiser is coming out. That does not mean a new Hellraiser is coming out. That means that he's willing to hear him out on the f- idea of the new Hellraiser. Um, but Clive Barker said he wants to keep it very practical. He wants to go into the, you know, the the, the fucking horror more and he wants to have doug bradley back which weinstein did agree to um so what do you guys think Mm, that'd be cool i guess if it's if clyde barker writes it and it's not a shitty fucking remake then i guess it'll be all right is that not the best case scenario for a remake though isn't it yeah i i think it is the best case scenario really i mean i totally agree like i mean as far as you know, Hellraiser four goes decent, but everything after that, in my opinion, <laughs> I mean, no in pretty much all of our opinions, they're, they're really bad movies. Like you can't save that franchise; it's pretty much done. Remake, yeah, you know, there's I think no way a Clive Barker remake could be worse than any of the last five sequels. No okay. way, in hell. no way. So, so I think that's a good thing that this is ha- happening. I think this is one of the rare cases that I think a remake is needed if you want to save this franchise. How much more news do you got, JP? Just one more piece of news. Okay. So, Friday the 13th. Um, it is being... It has a release date now, and it's March 13th of 2015. So, a little over a year to go. Um, there is rumors of this being a found footage film. And oh, they geez. did not say that it was a sequel they say Friday the 13th, 2015. So a lot of people are assuming that it's another remake. And if it's a motherfucking another remake, dude, I don't want to see Jason get his mask again. I, I, this just honestly ruined my day when I read that this is possibly going to be another remake. Now, there is nothing concrete that's saying, hey, this is a remake. But, god damn it, please don't be a remake. Please don't be a remake. 
This can't be life right now. This can't be a fucking <laughs> How are they doing a found footage Friday the 13th movie? First of all, most fucking it, it, sense. it's bad enough that they're making a remake, but found footage re- What Come the on. fuck? This How is the- absolutely okay. outrageous. Well, this is outrageous. Wait, I hear somebody in the woods. Who is it? Oh, oh my Jesus. Is- okay, the found footage thing, I think is a bad idea, but I'm going to be the in the minority here, but I think... If done properly, it could work. Get the fuck out of here. Out of all the main franchises, Friday the 13th kind of seems about right for the found footage thing. I mean, a bunch of Blair Witch style, people go in the woods, maybe, you know, I I think it could work. I don't think it will work, and I don't think it should. I don't don't think it has any part in the series. I don't know. I can't agree with it. I can't. I'm sorry. I I think the found footage thing needs to stay away from these major franchises. I'm just saying. I think out of I think that there is a way that it could work. I don't think it should work or it needs anywhere near it. Just giving the material and giving like what's going on in the in the, in a Friday the Thirteenth film. I think that that's one of the like. I think that it could possibly work. It will not work though. And don't, <laughs> yeah, um, that makes. Sense. I'm just saying if like the the bet in in the. In the if somebody very talented got a hold of it and they really well thought it out and all these m- massive uh, things came together perfectly, a Friday thir- there could be in the world of randomness there could be a some universe that has a good Friday Thirteenth found footage film is what I'm saying. It has the elements to be able to work. It's just not going to. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah. So yeah, this I was so excited when they announced another Friday the 13th film. I love the Friday the 13th series. I just I, I get so excited. I was I was literally pumped, dude. I was like, man, I can't wait till they start announcing stuff and I I get so, to be all hyped for it and I get to go to the theater and see Jason on the big screen again. It's going to be awesome. And this kind of just put on you know, none of this is official, so I'm just hoping it's not, you know, super true. The only thing that is official is that it's coming out March 13th, 2015 for a uh you know that's their announcement so is is their idea behind doing another remake based off the fact that the friday the 13th remake didn't do well in the box office is that what they're trying to do so they think that rebooting it with another remake is going to be better no it did do well at the box office though Oh, it did. Okay. Yeah. I, don't, I don't. I don't even remember what it did in the it, box office. To be honest, their idea, the, the the idea in Hollywood is that people don't remember enough. It's been it's been like three years. Nobody's gonna remember that, mm-hmm. you know. Um, but I, I, it doesn't say that it's a remake. It <laughs> because kind of three years like, is so fucking long, too. Yeah. Right? This is thirteenth <laughs> Friday the Thirteenth film. I say you just either do a straight up part two. Or you try to continue, do the Texas Chainsaw 3D route where you try to continue from the original series. Do not remake it. I don't want to see Jason get his hockey mask again. I don't care how you do it. I, I know how he gets it. I don't want to see another origin story with his mother and, you know, whatever. It, it's just, I, I want to see a Friday the 13th film that's a sequel. I want to see Jason killing motherfuckers. I don't want to see it in found footage. And... I really, really just want this to work and not disappoint me because it's going to be the 13th Friday the 13th film if you count Freddy vs. Jason. Yeah. And the remake. Yeah, I mean... What, I don't, what, I, would, what would you guys want to see for a Friday the 13th film? Uh, part 11. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um. No, part... part. I, I don't want to see any continuation of Jason X. Um... <laughs> Well, no, no, like, I mean, obviously, take it back to Earth. 
<laughs> and just <laughs> make just pretend like ten never happened, you know, and just continue. You say we got to take it back to Earth. <laughs> That's so fucking bad. That's so that'd bad. be a hilarious tagline. But, uh, yeah, the series think, comes back to your dun dun dun. This franchise is really close to me. I grew up watching them. It's probably my favorite thing in horror. I, I just love the character of Jason. It's just so cool to me, and I, I really want to see another Friday Thirteenth film. The, the re oh, this is what I wanted to say. The reason that the found footage going around because a year or two ago, Adam Green was actually approached to direct a a a sequel in a franchise film, and he was like, "Hell yes." And they told him what it was, and he was like, hell the hell yes. And then they told him it's going to be found footage. And he's like, <laughs> why? And yeah. they're like, because Paranormal Activity made a lot of money. And, you know. So, like, so they approached Adam Green? Yeah, he turned it down. And then he said that he couldn't say what it was under, you know, whatever uh, the rules in Hollywood are. Um so recently he actually talked about this on his podcast because it's been so long and he kind of, I don't think he flat out said that it was, um, Friday the 13th. Um, but I'm pretty sure it was hinted at. I actually didn't listen to it. I just read what, uh, the, the write up from it. Um, but that's why it's being mentioned found footage is because two years ago, that was the original idea. Wow. Wow. That's ridiculous. That is ridiculous. I, Even the thought of a found footage film in a major franchise just almost makes me gag. Yeah. I mean, I'm not I, I'm not a hater of found footage films. I mean, I personally don't like like the paranormal films at all. I think they're kind of shitty. But you know, that's kind a of thing. Yeah, I'm a, oh, I man. Really, really don't like those. Don't, don't talk. Don't talk to fucking really Willy not one then. Make them out to be, dude. They have. They're, they're I well just don't. Made. I just don't enjoy them. I just, I really don't enjoy them. I, I mean, there is some found footage films I really have enjoyed. Yeah, I will atrocious. Be honest. Atrocious is great. Yeah. I think that's a good one. But, you know, it's, I guess it's kind of hit and miss with me. But, I mean, in a major franchise, especially something like where we've Friday. seen, we've seen 12 uh, Friday films, you know, normal. You know, all of a sudden a found footage film, it's just, I don't know. Yeah, which would have to be a remake, you would think. They would, they, it would be like, oh, man, it just is making me mad. Like, and I don't get mad about uh, about horror news and, and what people are doing to franchises. It, it doesn't really piss me off. But this one is really upsetting me, man. I, Friday the 13th is so close to near and dear to my heart, man. I, it's, it just really bums me out when I read that. Yeah, for sure. That's, that's stupid. <laughs> It's almost laugh. It's almost laughable. I can't even stop thinking about it, like how ridiculous that is. Yeah, I keep thinking to myself, "This can't be life." You know? Yeah, <laughs> this real life. Yeah, that's you know? what I thought when you said that. But anyway, that that was my final piece of news. Um, I'm sure we'll talk about it as it develops. Um, yeah. Hopefully, we get some better news than that. Uh, but yeah, and there was also one final thing. Um, you mentioned Silent Night, Bloody Night. I actually that was the only horror release news that I read that came out. Um, they're actually, if a company called Film Chest is releasing a new transfer on DVD December 10th, 2013, you pre-order it right now on Amazon for eleven ninety eight. But uh, I guess it already has multiple releases or whatever, so. Yep. Uh, All right. Cool. So I think that should um, wrap it up for this our show. Um, we're going to be doing from now on. Uh, what? <laughs> Nothing, guy. All right. So, um, starting next Saturday, we're going to be doing a movie of the week, and we're going to be talking about a um, certain movie that we all watch, and we just discuss it like 
um, Moods and JPs do on Burial Grounds. We're going to be talking about the Maniac remake. Uh, we discussed it a little bit today, I guess. But yeah, uh, I'm going to be talking about the Maniac remake next week. Why? What's next week? Oh, Antifiral. That's right. <laughs> Sorry. Fucking Spoiler anti- for a few weeks. From few now. weeks. It's Antifiral then Maniac. So, so we're going to be talking about the foreign movie to you guys, Antiviral. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah. it's the well, Canadian directed by David Cronenberg's um, son. But, oh, is it? Yes, I did not know that. I'm very intrigued now. I'm gonna have to check this out. I already have my copy here. It arrived it's, yesterday. It's uh, Amazon Prime is awesome. I, I really want to buy it. Um, it's but shit. yeah, I mean, so like Jeremy said, we're gonna be doing every week. We're gonna have our main movie. Um, we'll probably throw it in somewhere after what we've watched, yeah. and uh, it'll give for a better discussion of something that we've all seen. And uh, you know, it's we'll, we'll try to pick something more current every every time. And uh, yeah, we also have plans for all kind of fun stuff on here. So definitely stay tuned. We're also gonna try to figure out a way um, where you can check this out besides YouTube. Uh, you know, where you can download this and stuff, because I know a lot of people like to actually download their podcasts. So we'll, yeah, we'll I'm going to work. I'm going to work on getting this on um, iTunes. I know that it takes two to three weeks for Apple to um, approve a podcast to go up, up on iTunes. So I'm going to look into, um, you know, I'll probably um, send that into submission to Apple um, once it's uploaded to YouTube and we get um, all the stuff done on YouTube. But um, I don't know where else to put it, to be honest. Um, I'm gonna put, I'm gonna try to put it everywhere, so so it's gonna be out there. Is it gonna um, be on Moods' channel? Yeah, and another thing I wanted to say is you can check Jeremy out at YouTube slash NES Roller Twenty Two. You can check me out at YouTube slash Double Shot J, and um, you know everywhere else you can find in possibly the description and. Uh, I also wanted to say something, but I forgot. <laughs> well, you can also check me out at uh, Moods well, 616. Fuck you, Moods. Everybody already knows who you are. <laughs> I'm, I'm, sure there's, I'm sure there's a couple well, other people. This is and, what I wanted to say. Forget about that, what Moots has to say. If you guys have any um, feedback on, on how we can make this better or you know segment ideas, anything like that, feel free to drop yes, them in please. a comment below on Moods' channel. Yes, because and if you have anything pissy to say, forward that to Moods also. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah. That is fine. I will take it. And of course, yes, check the podcast yes. out on Mood Six One Six channel, which is my channel. And yeah, we'll go from there, and we'll be back next week, of course. And we'll try to probably keep the you know the what we've watched down to yeah. a minimum. So we we, talked, we ran, yeah, ran, ran, we talked today for uh, an, an hour and almost an hour and a half about the movies we watched today. So Yeah, and you talked for about 10 minutes on the ones you watched. <laughs> I, I watched was, three movies was, this week. I'm sorry. That was kind of my bad because I, yeah. you know, I, well, I watched that, a lot. Right. I was gone I actually, for two weeks, and when I came back, I just went apeshit crazy with all the films I needed to watch. So Yeah. Okay, so <laughs> uh, anybody have anything else to say? You can That's hit me up on... Twitter slash double shot JP. Also, and, I'm and, pretty active on there. And enter the um, body bags contest. Yeah, please do that. Go find the body bags YouTube channel. You can find it on Moods's channel or my channel. And you can find it. Enter this contest. We're giving away Scream Factories, guys. Scream Factory Blu-ray releases of your choice and other fun stuff. Enter yes. it. It's really easy. Just recommend some films. That's all you got to do in a yes. video. 
All right, guys. So this is the first episode of the 22 Shots of Moods and Horror podcast. We are all signing out, and we shall talk to you guys next Saturday with another show. So talk to you guys soon. Peace out. Peace.